rocked, you better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Hey, Marty! Marty! Marty, I wanted to show you these new matchbooks for my auto detailing. I had printed up. Like DeLorean? Hey everybody, this is Batfans without pants and socks and a 52-inch size waist. Uh, this is episode number 55. 55? You got it. First try. This oh yes, first try. Well, well, Alex helped me out. You know why? Because he didn't send he didn't send an email uh, this this episode. So uh, I looked through my email and his last his last email was for 53. So I thought that was for 54 and that we were on 55. Uh. Gee, so. Thank you, Alex. At least he helped out even without sending an email. So uh, we were going to have yeah. a record-breaking email count for this episode with Alex. That was, so I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, it, it's just like the nine reviews again. <laughs> we can't get more than two emails. <laughs> we'll get there eventually, just like we only got ten last time. Yeah, so. Oh, man. So, so how you been, Tim? I've been pretty good, and today as we're recording this episode, April 25th, it's my last day of being 30. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll be 31, but uh, today was a big Star Wars EU <laughs> announcement that shocked the Star Wars fandom. I don't know. If you... Well, it shouldn't be so shocking for you, exactly. though, because, I mean, they're, 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 doing, they're doing the DC and U52 thing. Except they're not saying outright that, you know, your favorite stories are still going to be relevant. They're still going to be, you know, part of the canon. And, and like three years later, it it has nothing to do with your favorite stories. So exactly. Yeah. So give a pop to that for at least saying, yeah, this isn't going to matter anymore going forward with the episode seven, the new trilogy, and new books and novels coming out. So even though it might hurt for fans to knowing that the existing EU is no longer in the main canon, at least they're not pulling your strings and then, like, leading you on and later saying, oh, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Just like Batman Year One now and Dark Knight Returns and <laughs> – well, Dark Knight Returns never was in canon anyway. But um, other big Batman stories or DC stories in general, like Final Crisis and Infinite Crisis, they're saying that was all there and now they never happened before. So at least we know straight right now Star Wars EU is pretty much dead. <laughs> But as I always say, it's better to have your own canon. If there's stories out there that you really love and that doesn't contradict other stories and main stuff from the movies, just have it be in your personal canon. I've done that with some stuff, and it's fine. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there where it nags them and just eats at the back of their heads knowing that it's not canon. But there's still ways to have it be in your personal canon, and it's more fun that way. It's not only that. I mean, you have to look at the positive. Yeah, the, the EU isn't going to be canon anymore, but you're getting three new books, right? Four, actually. Four. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. And that's not fair. It's the most important thing. Three new Star Wars movies, episode seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> I think the price of the EU is the one I'm willing to pay. But not everyone feels that way. I've seen a lot of tweets saying, oh, episode seven better be the best thing ever now that they <laughs> you and all that stuff. <laughs> okay. I mean, the thing about the EU is it's kind of like the other world stories, you know, for Batman or something. It's yeah. so varied and it's so huge. And it's like, 
if you just go off of the movies, then I think you can make an easier transition to the new trilogy. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you counted the EU, you, you would have to, like, okay, so Jada Solo comes in here, um, you know, so-and-so, th- this happens to so-and-so, Chewbacca dies, blah, 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 exactly. right? Yep. Whereas, you know, if you're just going from, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi to whatever the new movie is called, you know, it's kind of seamless, you know, and you can build that backstory. You can't really build on what exists. You know? Yeah, it was something that had to be done if they were doing a new trilogy. It just had to be. There's no way they could stick with everything that happened. There have been, like, post-Return of the Jedi novels now for 20 years, and there's tons of stuff, so it was something that had to be yeah. done. They're actually calling it now almost like how uh, Marvel has their ultimate universe. This is called the Star Wars Legends line now. So but they're keeping it separate just by the title now. So like, if you see any like republishing of the old EU books, it's going to have the Legends title on everyone now, kind of distinguishing it from not being part of the main canon anymore. Right. And they're they're still going to make books, right? It's not like they're going to stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like everything That's going forward stop. now is going to be part of the main canon. So that's another good thing. They have the story group in place to go over and make sure everything lines up and connects with each other so you don't have to worry about, oh, is this new story canon anymore? Anything new going forward is going to be canon, which is awesome. So so, so pretty much like Kenobi didn't really happen. Um, see, that's some Darth Maul stuff. Technically, yeah, but see, that's the thing. There's nothing that contradicts to say that it didn't happen. I mean, until they actually do something, create a new story that does contradict it, I would still view it as canon. I mean, why not? <laughs> There's nothing right, that contradicts right. it otherwise. So I think that's the attitude a lot of fans should have towards it, but not everyone does. So, so everybody's pretty much, I mean, not everybody, but, I mean, not true Star Wars fans, but, like, some people are just like, oh, you've ruined the, <laughs> yeah. the, the like, stuff. Star Wars franchise for me, you know, the movies don't mean anything yeah, without the like, EU and all that stuff. I've wasted 20 years of my life now and all that. <laughs> like, that looks like, let's forget what's most important, the movies. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you can't please everybody. I mean, even if it is bad news, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I've learned that in my years of fandom, that's for sure. What the negativity? That's what, that's what I don't know. I mean, yeah, you spent a lot of money on those books, but and they're still know, there. It, it, it's still meaningful yeah. to you. <laughs> the stories are still there. Yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> hopefully they'll come. Yeah. Back. Yeah, and hopefully you're not. Um, and I mean, you, Tim. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, you don't become one of those. Na- of Nancy people. <laughs> yeah, that just goes on Twitter and forums and just do nothing but complain about the things you like. That's what I never get. If you like something that all you do is complain about. <laughs> that baffles me. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like um, you, you see that a lot in the video game um, um, world. I mean, like, people are like, oh my god, like, Batman Arkham City is my favorite game. But this is what I hate about it. It's all about... You know, <laughs> Oh, sometimes it glitches. The cape doesn't look really right. The collar doesn't look r- really right. And you know, what what is detective vision? I don't think Batman has detective vision. And it's like, yeah, but you you just said you like the game and it's your favorite game ever. But 
I don't know. Whatever. You, you control your own fandom, I guess. <laughs> they never talk about the things they do like when they say it. <laughs> uh, fandom. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we can say that we're um, we're Jurassic Park fans, and there isn't really that much negativity about Jurassic Park. I'm sure if you look hard enough, you'll find it. <laughs> This guy, oh, yeah. every Jurassic Park forums so, website with forums that has nothing but complainers. Because besides like, the first movie, the second and third one aren't universally loved, that's for sure. Well, the third one was good. Yeah, the I like second it. one was, uh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it exists, so. <laughs> yeah. I guess. And I'm sure there's a lot of people, like, on Jurassic Park forums, if there is one, like a Jurassic Park fan site that has a forum. Um,. I'm sure there's people that that are like, oh, you know, Jurassic World's gonna suck because it's not gonna be like the the first three. And yeah, you know, like kind of crap. <laughs> I actually just started filming too. There's like three set pictures going around. Of course, they don't show anything. Mainly just like the director's chair with the logo Jurassic World, and I think yeah. one of the actresses from there. That's it. Yeah, it was funny. Um, you know, bringing up set photos. It, it was funny how like people were saying that. Um, did you see that picture of that tent? I think it was in, uh, like, not Tunisia. They're not Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it was like, look, they're filming Star Wars, and it's just a picture of a tent with some guys standing near it. And they were carrying an object that everyone was speculating that it could be at the foot of an adept. Well, if you look at it closely, I could definitely see it, but then again, like, who knows what they're filming and what that item actually was, if even if it was a set piece or yeah. anything. But, yeah, I mean, it's like, the news has been so slow lately on episode 7, we're still waiting for that big casting announcement, like, we're taking what we can get and just speculating over analyzing any little thing that happens. Right. I mean, it's like you said on Twitter, Tim, on the, uh, was it the Saga, Saga Continues Twitter, or was it your, your Twitter? Um, you said something like, um, now that the EU stuff is out of the way, we can finally get to some casting news. Yeah, so the, the saga continues Twitter, where it's like they had oh. to do the EU announcement first, just so that when yeah. they do announce the cast and, like, new characters, you won't get the millions of questions. Oh, so is the EU going to affect this anyway? Is it still going to count? Is this character still going to be in it? So, like, get this announcement out of the way, say the EU is not going to be in the canon, and then you announce the cast and characters, so you don't have to deal with this. So I think that was smart. Yeah, and you know what? I'm I'm so glad for fans like you and Kyle and uh, what's what's that guy's name? Uh, Michael something. Michael Cohen. Yeah, Michael Cohen and Jimmy Mack and Jason and the guys from uh, Wampa's Lair. Mm-hmm. You know, to to keep things positive. You know, not not being so negative about every little thing about the EU, about the prequels, about you know whatever. Sure. It's like it's just it's just so refreshing to see people that you know are actually happy about about you know the the EU not being the you know canon anymore or the prequels or something like that you know. Well, yeah, I mean, just as a listener too, it is refreshing <laughs> like the podcast that people you mentioned because my first before I even started listening to Star Wars and like Batman podcast, mainly Star Wars because I don't know there's so many complaints and negativity with different aspects of the Star Wars universe that I was kind of afraid to, like, listen to them. I'm like, this is going to be too negative, and I don't, this is going to make me mad listening to it. <laughs> but as I found more and more, that's kind of the opposite. I haven't really found 
too many negative ones out there. So it was, like, kind of refreshing <laughs> to get that, just like you said, because I don't see why you would spend a few hours out of your day to complain about something <laughs> that you supposedly like. So, yeah, thankfully it's not the case everywhere. So those just, like, angry people or something? Are they I just know. angry? <laughs> they just feel they got to spread their uh, – let the world know that they don't like something, even if nobody asks them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like – yeah, it's kind of like – like, you know what? I do a Batman podcast. I listen to Batman podcasts. I spend my entire weekend, you know, doing the edit on a Batman podcast. But I hate Batman. <laughs> <laughs> then why are you doing that? <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of the editing, I just want to publicly thank Tim for doing the edits on this one and. Uh, our last episode, uh, because work has been a pain for me. So, uh, thank you, Tim. No problem. Happy to help and make your life hopefully a little easier. <laughs> right. So, with that, how about we get into our uh, The Dark Knight Rises Minute commentary? Or, uh, damn it. What are we con- the calling The official title was Minute by Minute, Dark Knight Rises Commentary. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. Um, so, yeah, let's just do that. Right. <laughs> Whatever Tim said. <laughs> let's just do that. So, with that, that said, just get your Blu-ray, get your DVD, get your VHS tape, get your beta tape, get your uh, HD DVD, get your ultraviolet. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That CD. <laughs> oh yeah, CD. But but that's what it's called, right? Ultraviolet or ultra ray or something. That's ultraviolet, yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. So with that said, just scroll your little thing, your little uh, DVD player or your Blu-ray or your ultraviolet player. Is that a thing, Tim? Well, there's not a player, but <laughs> it's just no. what it's when you sometimes they package in for the digital download. No. Well, just get any any form of media that you have the Dark Knight Rises on and just scroll it to 10. And um, I'm going to give the countdown and you just hit play. So, Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one, hit play. This guy has got the weirdest fa- looking face in the world. <laughs> Doesn't look, like a, doesn't look like a dagger to you. <laughs> no. Now we're so close to actually seeing not a silhouette of Bruce Wayne, but the actual Bruce Wayne show up. <laughs> I get it in this one, but Talia and Dagger are having a long conversation right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just fast forward it. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, now we're back to Gordon. And uh, yeah, why am I blanking on that guy's name right now? <laughs> Oh, what is that guy's name? <laughs> How many times did you see this movie? Did they say his name? A lot. I, I cannot remember that guy's name. I know. Oh, are we going to see Bruce? Are we going to see Bruce? I don't think so. She's looking at his picture no. right now. Puts it down. Oh, uh-huh. oh God. We're so close. <laughs> the arrow almost came. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe next time. Maybe next episode. 
<laughs> we'll hopefully find out then. <laughs> we got something to look forward to now for the next minute. <laughs> oh, man, this movie is so long. <laughs> <laughs> We're at 10 minutes uh, of, what, two hours and, and a half? Or was it no, two hours and 40 minutes? <laughs> Yeah, it's like two hours and 45 minutes. Now we're down to two hours and 35 minutes. <laughs> uh, I, I wonder what the episode number is going to be that we're going to actually see Batman. So yeah, we might. that might be our 100th episode, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. I wish we started this when we were just a young podcast. They got our first episode. Well, it'd be kind of hard since Dark Knight Rises wasn't even out by the time we started. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when did the um, when did the Blu-ray come out? Was it uh, December 2012? Yep. I wonder what episode number we were on then. Had to be like in our 20s or something like that, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh well. well. We'll get there someday, right? Oh, of course, we can't stop now. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Oh man! Um, but anyway, uh, so so that's her Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary that is kind of a pain right now because it, it's just like all talking right now. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wish we started on uh, like eighty uh, nine or something because I mean it's actually in, like right off the bat. Well, we did get a sequence right now. Was this no Batman? Oh yeah, sequence. But I think that's yeah, the main just no Batman. Yeah, we're just waiting for Batman to show up. If this was 89, we would have already seen Batman. Yeah, easily. Well, well, we actually might still be on the opening credits, because that was pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, do we count the opening credits, or do we I think we not have count? To. We have to do it. Because the movie okay. is starting, but since the Dark Knight, and pretty much all movies yeah. now don't have opening credits, which makes it nice, so. <laughs> but not back in yeah. 89. Yeah, you ever you ever watch a movie like recently and like it, the movie has opening credits yeah. and it's like oh my god let's just get this over with. Yeah, actually we're watching the original Spider-Man movies and yeah it's the same thing opening credits with listen to all the actors, writers, producers, extras, <laughs> directors and skip. And co- like costume designers like wh- why do they get like an opening credit title? I mean an opening uh, title card. It's got to be in, like, the contracts or something or part of, like, some type of union thing where they have to be in the opening credits. <laughs> like, casting director. It's like, nobody cares about that. They are important. Let's not diminish the roles. Like, yeah, I guess. Well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, getting a 30-year-old to play a 17-year-old, yeah. <laughs> they need those. <laughs> got to have a talented casting director to do that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, enough messing around, Tim. We gotta stop messing around because we're supposed to be professional. Well, I think people figured out by now that we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just a bunch of ADHD people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Tim, why don't you tell the good people, all the good people, not just some of them, but all of them. Uh, what our featured topic for, uh, that, that, I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> All right, I, I got my words confused. Teaching Dane how to talk uh, is our featured topic. 
<laughs> now, how do you say? How do? You, how would you introduce this? Uh, this uh, segment of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just get into it. There was tons of Batman news the last two weeks, but there was none that caught my interest and uh, kind of got the most out of me than the secret agent Dick Grayson news <laughs> that happened a week ago. Uh, uh. Uh, yeah, this came out of nowhere, really. <laughs> I mean. It happened last week on April 21st, I believe, and this came out pretty late at night when this was announced, and yeah, it took me by surprise, and after my reaction to it was, I'll just say it, I was disappointed and not too thrilled with the direction Dick was going. But first off, I got to say, this kind of eliminates some of the expectation or anticipation for the finale of Forever Evil and Nightwing, because those got pushed back, and we're... What happened to Dick was still left up in the air. It looked like Luthor killed him in Forever Evil number six. But he so got, they just straight up spoiled it. Then. Pretty much, yeah. We, we obviously know he's going to be alive, so that kind of took away some of the expectations or anticipation for Forever Evil for me. And, yeah, I just the concept of it is just not clicking with me, with Dick. And, like, this is not something I want to see Dick Grayson be a part of. I mean, the official, I guess, description of it is that he's going to be joining the spy agency Spiral. Which I didn't remember too much, but then looking back on it, it was that like secret agent group that was part of the last bits of Batman Incorporated. I think that agent who shot Talia was someone who worked for Spiral. So now, for some reason, Dick's going to be a part of that group. And it's apparently, I think from what we're hearing, it's going to be upon Batman's request. So I guess the one thing to expect, or at least to look forward to in Forever Evil and Nightwing 30, is see why Batman wants Dick to go to this uh, spy group. Spiral. <laughs> Sounds funny saying those two words together, but and there's another big thing about this that's not making me too keen on it. Everyone's going to think that Dick is still dead. Batman's going to be the only one who knows he's alive, so he's going to keep this a secret from Barbara, from Tim, from Alfred. And to me, like, there's already trust issues with Batman with what happened in Death of the Family, so this is going to just add to it. I'm just kind of surprised Dick would go along with it, so I'm kind of curious to see the reason for that, so what's going to drive him to do this and to become the secret agent. And another thing, too, he's supposed to be, like, keeping his self-secret and keeping that he's alive a secret. But then again, the book is called Grayson. It looks like he's still going to be called Grayson throughout the story. And then he has a big G as part of his logo on his suit. So, like, not doing the best of job of keeping himself a secret. And if you're a smart guy like Tim Drake and you're smart like Barbara Gordon, they're going to figure it out one way or another. So, I don't know, it just doesn't make too much sense for me, so just right off the bat, I'm going to give it a shot, I'll get the first issue, see how it goes, but just when I first heard it, I was not too excited about it, it just wasn't the, the direction I was expecting them to go, and not one that captured my interest, really. And I think you kind of feel the same way, Dane. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, and I mean, it, it's... After everything you've listed, all all of the description about the book, about what uh, Dick Grayson is going to be um, in this new book, it it's just going to be another book that I don't pick up. It's it's going to be another Red Hood. It's going to be another Detective Comics. It's going to be another Batgirl. It's going to be another um, Batwoman. That you know, it's it's just going to be another book that I'm I'm just going to. You know, just straight up forget about that that it even exists. You know. So right now and you're not even I, I, keen to give yeah. it a try. No, not really. Um, 
maybe if uh, CBR or Newsarama or IGN or you give it, you know, four and a half out of five or five out of five. I mean, unless it's like a complete Grand Slam home run, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick this book up. I mean, I just don't I just don't like the whole concept where Dick is a spy, yeah. he, you know, his, you know, Babs and everybody doesn't know he's still alive and, you know, just the whole costume. And it, it, it's kind of like what you and me were talking about when this news came out. It's... It's kind of like taking – I'm sorry, I have to use baseball references for this. But um, it, it's kind of like taking Derek Jeter at the prime of his career. So 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, right? In that area, right? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like taking that Derek Jeter and changing up his swing completely. It's, it's like wasting not only t- – Talent, but a legendary character, you know, a, a legend. Yeah. But yeah, sure, he's not Batman, he's not Bruce Wayne, but, you know, he's Dick Grayson, he's Robin, he's Nightwing. You know, he was Batman for a little bit. And, you know, just the whole concept of secret agent Dick Grayson is is something so bizarre, and it just makes you think, is this the best idea they could come up with out of every single yeah. possibility in the entire universe? This is the best they could come up with. You know, a secret agent? I mean, a, a secret agent, that's the best they could come up with. They they had a home run with Nightwing. They had a home run with Nightwing. Kyle Higgins, yeah, sure, he stumbled a little bit, but it was still a strong book. It was, it, I mean, it, it was kind of almost up there with Batman and The Dark Knight, and... You know, to see that end, and, you know, this pops up, this secret agent thing, it's almost kind of like a slap in the face. And I don't know if Kyle Higgins left on his own, but if if he if he did leave on his own, and he was like, no, I don't want any of this special agent Dick Grayson, I don't really blame him. I really don't. And I don't blame blame him for for just walking away from the book if that's what you know what happened. And so, I mean, this is just so bizarre and so not like the Batman universe. That yeah, I mean, sure, sure, it's great to do something new and refreshing, but this is not it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you touched on another point, too, that I forgot to mention was Kyle Higgins. I think this is the answer why Kyle Higgins isn't doing Nightwing anymore or Dick Grayson anymore. I have a feeling they kind of went to him with this idea, and then once he heard it, he probably went, yeah, I don't think so. This isn't really the path I want to go with Dick Grayson. And that's probably the reason why they've got to get a new creative team on it. And that's another thing. Are you too familiar with the creative team who's going to be doing it? It's uh, Tim. I have never heard of him. Yeah, and uh, Tim Seeley, and who's going to be the artist on it? Uh, Michael Janin, I think. I haven't, I'm not too familiar with this stuff. I decided Tim Seeley will be doing Batman Eternal, but, yeah, I didn't, the name really didn't come pop into my head as far as something I'm familiar with. So I won't we'll see right. how they are, but I think this is, might be the reason why Kyle, why, why Kyle Higgins uh, is off <laughs> uh, this Batman Eternal now and Batman Beyond. Right, and, I mean, Let's say this book goes on for 
I don't know, 20, 30 issues, right? Mm. And let's say the fans don't like it. It's not a critically acclaimed book. Uh, it's not what Nightwing was. Um, how do they write themselves out of this? Is it like, oh, you know, he he got exposed, his secret agent status got exposed, and, you know, he's going back to Nightwing. Is, I mean, is that going to be it? I mean, how, how do you write yourself out of becoming a secret agent? I know. Is it going to be massive mind wipe or something? Everyone in that organization is going to fall <laughs> apart and get killed? Or are they going to be like uh, what happened to Captain America's Winter Soldier? Spoiler alert, how uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. just pretty much gets taken down and there is no more deal <laughs> the spiral group could have be done away with uh, you see what happens is um, they're gonna somehow like freeze Dick Grayson and he's gonna completely forget who he is or whatever and then it's gonna flash forward like 70 years in the future and then he's gonna be like oh man I don't know who my friends are and who my enemies are and then like during the credit scene, he's going to see a, a picture of him and Batman. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to happen. Spoiler alert, by the way. Although, although they didn't freeze the Winter Soldier. Well, they kept him in Frozen the Hibernation during, like, the decades when they didn't use him. Oh, yeah, that's right. My bad. <laughs> hey, that's, i got to complain another, about something else. You know my pet peeve with Batman and Batman family members using guns. And what's the I, I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> Dick Grayson, whole point of gun right at you. I mean, maybe there are rubber bullets in there or the stun gun, but still, it looks like a normal handgun. It's like, no, <laughs> why do they do that? They're just, I know you can make the argument that it's just Batman's thing, but I would like to think the family members or the Bat family and the people Bruce has taken in kind of adopted that same reasoning, too, where they'll never use firearms. I don't think they're going to kill anybody with it, but still, you never know. <laughs> So, yeah, that didn't really sit well with me to, with me either. I was like, no, why'd they do that? It's the Alfred from Bab, Blue Bar the Batman all over again, even though that really didn't amount to anything. But I just don't like seeing that image. of It just looks weird for any Bat family member besides Red Hood holding a gun. That just, just looks weird to me. It's not only that. It's like the, the costume doesn't look very good. Yeah, and they're saying, oh, it's going back to the old Nightwing style with the blue and the black. I'm like, uh, okay, but that's not what made the Nightwing costume really cool. <laughs> <'Cause it> looks... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but right now, not really too thrilled about it. Yeah, it's it's definitely, definitely a no for me. I mean, unless, like I said, you know, uh, the website gives it five out of five, four and a half out of five or five out of five or you do and you know you text me Dane you have to pick up Grayson this is, this is the best book I've ever read in my entire life you know, it's it's gonna have to take it's gonna have to take something you know extraordinary for me to really invest even three dollars in it you know yeah if I send you that text I'll be real happy it also makes me disappointed in this, too, because we were speculating what was going to happen to Dick. We knew kind of his role was going to be different post-Forever Evil. And I go back to the theory that Rob had that I really like, saying that he, has, he like, stays into Earth-3 and helps Owlman, like, do something in there to maybe make that city a better place. Maybe he turns Owlman good because you know Owlman was real concerned with Dick and had to keep him alive because he felt responsible for him dying. So maybe Dick found out he could maybe 
turn Owlman to be a good character, kind of reform him, and maybe they go to Earth 3 to make that a better place. And I like that dairy better. And I hate to say this because one thing I was worried about was Dick Grayson possibly dying. But now with this <laughs> revelation of what his new role is going to be, I'm kind of thinking maybe it might have made the story and the shake-up, the status quo in the Batman universe better if he did die than what we're going to get with Secret Agent Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like DC was going to kill off Dick Grayson in Forever Evil, but they kind of got cold feet at the last yeah. minute, and it's like, oh my god. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Secret Agent. Yeah, Dick Grayson is a secret agent. Can't nobody knows about him except for Bruce Wayne. That's it. We got a story. Let's get some writers. I know. Yeah, I just I'm curious to see what where Secret Agent Dick Grayson popped in their head. Because that's not what you think of when you think of uh, Batman and the different members of the Bat family. I know yeah. there was that story where he was a police officer in Bloodhaven while he was Nightwing. Mean, that made sense because he's a crime fighter who's patrolling that streets, and he can do the same thing in the daytime as a police officer and just maybe get familiar, more familiar with the city and the aspect of the crime there. So that made sense to me more than him becoming a secret agent. So I, I haven't heard the comparison with that too much, but, yeah, I don't. I think him being a police officer was a much better story idea than him just dropping everything to becoming a secret agent. So let me ask you, Tim, besides Dick Grayson still being alive, is there any positive uh, aspect to this announcement? Honestly, I can't think of one right now. I really don't. Besides what you just said, him being alive, I guess that's a positive. But like I said, it might have been a better story. Maybe if he did go with Rob's theory of going to uh, Earth 3 or him actually dying. So, yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah, and it's it's sad. It's what it is, you know. It's it's real sad. Yeah, because Dick's one of my favorite characters, not just the Batman universe, just comics in general. and yeah, I mean, right. like, like you said, it's gonna have to blow me away. Hopefully, I hopefully I'm dead wrong with my expectation and it ends up being great. But just right now, it's not getting me excited. Nightwing was such a good book. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> the good book, and then just I, I even warmed up to the Nightwing red costume. <laughs> I know I was complaining about that when the new Fifty Two first started. Like, oh, where's the blue? But then. But like the second or third issue, I didn't even care anymore because it was so good. Yeah, well, what was cool about that one is uh, is the red eyes when he goes into his um, detective vision thing. Mm-hmm. That was what was so cool about that outfit. But, yeah. but Tim Drake's Tim Drake's uh, new Fifty Two outfit is uh, yeah, I still haven't warmed up to that. <laughs> I haven't been reading any comics with Tim Drake in it because I didn't. I dropped Teen Titans a while ago, so <laughs> I never had a chance to warm up to it. Yeah, I I really wish we had Red Robin yeah. in the New Fifty Two. That was such a good book back in the day. Well, here's the thing I'm thinking because we got this announcement with the new Grayson title, but not too long after that, we got the other news that Robin is coming back to the Batman and Robin title. It was announced uh, last week, or I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, but that there's a new one-shot called, uh, is that going to be the reintroduction to Robin, I guess, or the conclusion of Batman search for Damien and Talia's body. Um, it's called, uh, see, 
I'm blanking on it, and I don't have my show notes right in front of me. <laughs> it's called Robin Rises Omega Number One. So it's just a one shot, and it's like I said, the conclusion of Batman trying to stop Rachel Ghoul from resurrecting Damien and Talia. So I'm still not convinced that Damien's coming back to life as the new Robin. They just said a Robin's coming back, and that got a come got me thinking, well, what if it's possible that Tim Drake can come back as Robin? Because we have the new character that Harper Rowe is in Batman Eternal, and that's not Robin, it's Bluebird. So it kind of eliminates her as a candidate for Robin, and there's really no other character, unless they introduce someone brand new. And if they don't do that, the only one I can see doing it is Tim Drake. And personally, I think that'd be pretty cool if he comes back as Robin. Well, Here's the thing, too. Technically, he never was Robin, another retcon from the New 52, where he was always Oh, Robin. man. Well, why did you remind me of that? <laughs> I forgot about that, too, so it just popped in my head right now. So I was like, maybe he can finally become Robin for real this time. <laughs> for real? <laughs> oh, man. But I do have to say, I'm glad that in July we'll finally get the Batman and Robin title back and there will be a Robin because as Peter Tomasi said in this press release like Batman needs a Robin and there needs to be a Robin in the Batman universe and I agree with that so I am happy that Robin will be coming back I just hope it's a good Robin <laughs> but what do you think do you think there's any chance that it would be Damien again or is he still gone for a little while longer I would say no way but I mean I'm sure if like Rage puts him in the Lazarus pit. He comes back to life. Batman can somehow find a way to make Damien Damien again, you know, or something. I'm sure DC will come up with something stupid for that, that too. Well, here's the thing, too. It's also going to tie in with uh, Dark Side and Apocalypse. Not just Rachel Ghoul. They're going to play a role oh. in there, so that might have something to do with it. Or here's what DC should do. Since, you know, they're, they're doing crazy and bizarre things, um, how we just flat out cancel Batgirl? <laughs> uh, relaunch no. it with Steph. Re- relaunch it with Steph. And then make Babs Robin. You know, see, Dane, that makes too much sense. They can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm bad. I'm sorry. I'm making too much sense. I need to think outside of the box. Like, literally, like, like in another universe. Um Something Let's like, see. Pick uh, a secret agent. No, that'll never happen. <laughs> I, I I got it. I got it. So, Bruce Wayne is gonna go back in time. Again. He's gonna meet. His, <laughs> he's gonna meet his dad when he's a kid. He's gonna bring his dad back in time somehow. I don't know. And his dad is gonna be his Robin. Oh man! <laughs> Talk about a big old flip on the man. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that actually might be a little more extreme than Secret Agent Grayson. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Oh. But, yeah, at least the Robin's coming back. We got that. Because, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I'm kind of getting tired of the Batman and put random character in there. <laughs> like Batman and Two-Face, Batman and Wonder Woman, Batman and Aquaman, Batman and Frankenstein, and all that. <laughs> Batman and Frankenstein. Yeah, I you know, that was your favorite arc, right? Uh, yeah. He's coming back, too. I'm dreading that one. Oh, God. Uh, I, I just wish, overall, that DC didn't really screw with anything. That Damien was still Robin. Uh, Dick was still Nightwing. And, you know, 
we just got some great great stories, you know. Exactly. Not this whole mix up thing. Yeah, do you think too it's kind of too soon in the new Fifty Two universe because it's a brand it's supposed to be a brand new universe where things are different and they don't have to shake it up too much. And yeah, we had all this stuff happen with this within almost three years, not quite three years yet, but. We've had Robin died, Dick Grayson's not being Nightwing. <laughs> Everyone's mad at Batman for what the Joker did. It's like tons of stuff going on that kind of shook up the status quo in a span of less than three years. So I'm wondering if it was maybe too soon to do all that stuff to kind of let us enjoy these characters, how they were reintroduced in the new 52. Yeah, I I think it's way too it, – it was way too soon to just screw up – screw things up like this. Um, it it, it kind of reminds me of like a really bad cut that you have to go get stitches for, and you know, let's say like you're just messing with it, you're not really taking care of it, you know, you're scratching it when it gets itchy, um, you know, you're doing all kinds of stuff, you know, <laughs> and and then your stitches break, your cut opens up again, your cut gets infected, and you know, it's escalation is what what it is, and they just did too much too soon. Yeah. You should not be killing off a Robin in the second year of the New 52. You should not be taking a leg- legendary character, a classic character, like Dick Grayson, and making him a something, <laughs> a secret eight, yeah, something that's so bizarre and so outside of the Batman universe. And, yeah, I, I just felt like they screwed with too much. They should have set their characters first and their setting and their plots first before they started screwing with all of this stuff. You know, five, six, seven years down the line instead of the second, the third year. I mean, we still don't even know how Babs started walking again. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 I don't know if you saw what? the of the Batman Universe, Dustin just posted an interview with Gail Stokes, oh, yeah. C2E2, he asked him that question, or he asked her that question, she was like, what do you mean, we answered that, we explained why she's alive and all that, like, no, you didn't, <laughs> very vaguely, if that's even true, like, we're still waiting for that answer, I just don't know. To me, yeah, to me, that should have been in book one. Exactly. If not book one, book two, book three, book, book four, it shouldn't still be be unanswered or so freaking subtle that we can't find it and nobody found it you know you, sh- you gotta set your feet before you start running you have to set your feet before you start running it, i mean it's it's logic it really is it's n- it's not something that's so complicated that you know you need <laughs> you need somebody really smart to figure it out for you yeah and w- where not that smart. I'm not that smart, Kim. You're not that smart. So it's pretty apparent what they should have done and what they've done. I know. And going back to your point, like I agree with you how you're saying it was too soon to do all this bizarre shakeout stuff. And I could see them maybe wanting to do that if the books really weren't that good and were struggling and fans weren't digging it. But they've been, for the most part, all the Batman titles have been really good. Batman's been great throughout. Uh, the Dark Knight got good once Greg Hurwitz came on. Nightwing's been great, like we said. Batman and Robin's been good. It's had its ups and downs, but for the most part, it wasn't horrible. And yet all this drastic changes happened to it, where it kind of makes it like, oh, these books aren't doing good. We have to do something to shake it up. But we were enjoying the books how they were, and they changed yeah. it anyway, which kind of makes it strange. 
Yeah, and you know, going back to the baseball reference, it's kind of like take, it's kind of like drafting a high school player with your first pick, and then changing up his swing, changing up how he throws the ball, changing up how he plays defense, and uh, you know, putting him in the major leagues and in, in the major league lineup. You know, you're not going to get you know a solid foundation, and you where you can build up from there. You know, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna go for this big stuff so fast that you're not going to be prepared for it, and you're going to write yourself into a hole, which is what Grayson kind of feels like to me. Yeah, and you, you said this earlier, but you really got me thinking. Because you know he's not going to be like that forever, and he's, something's going to happen to him if he goes back to Nightwing, but how are they going to get him out of that? Like, that might be reason enough to stick with it, <laughs> just to see how exactly. they do it. <laughs> exactly. Like, how are they going to write him out of secret agent and back to Nightwing or back to, I don't know, oh, Batman for all, for all I care, you know? Yeah. How are they going to do that? Because he's a secret agent that nobody knows exists. And then let's say fans don't like it. The book sells crappy numbers, right? How are they going to get Dick back to Nightwing? I mean, how how do you do that? I know Speaking of, uh, we were talking earlier, compared it to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, there's our people who are saying, oh, you're just copying what they did with the Bucky Bars and the Winter Soldier, how he was Captain America's psychic, and now he becomes like a secret agent and assassin. Granted, Dick's not an assassin, but <laughs> he's already drawing those comparisons, so is his memory going to get wiped too? <laughs> he's going to have to remember who he is? Like, who knows what crazy stuff they're going to do with it? <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess a memory wipe is the greatest thing created in fiction. <laughs> Could have him in conflict with Bruce now, but then if you do that, it'll just be how Jason Todd is as the Red Hood. So that won't even be original. Oh God! So, <laughs> it's like there's not too many original things you can do with it besides keeping him as Nightwing. <sighs> yeah, and, and and it's like uh, I don't. Maybe it's just me, and maybe it's just my shallowness, but it feels like Dick is gonna be. Secret agent for a long time. Yeah, I'm sure that's their plan. I'm sure they wanted to yeah. be for a while, but yeah, I hate to sound <laughs> sounding so negative. That we were saying how <laughs> people could be too negative sometimes, <laughs> but I think this is more disappointment in how we were so liking how what Kyle Higgins and was doing with Nightwing and Dick Grayson as a character in the new 50s. So that is just more disappointment. But I won't go as far as to say I'm writing it off. I'm going to give it a chance. Hopefully it'll turn me around. But, yeah, right now I just, I can't lie and say I'm excited for it. <laughs> I have to give you my honest opinion and how I'm not really too thrilled with it. Right. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, it's definitely a no for me. Um, until I get some sort of stellar review from somebody. Um, but it's not anger, it's disappointment about what Dick Grayson was and what he's going to become. You know, he, he was Robin, he was Nightwing, he was Batman for a little bit, then he went back to Nightwing, and Kyle Higgins was doing such a great job with that book that it's so hard to see a character that you've grown so close to become something that you don't see the character fitting in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I feel exactly the same way. <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> we'll survive it. We survived other rough patches in Batman's <laughs> comic life. <laughs> Red Hood. 
<laughs> the early Dark Knights. Oh, that was tough. Hey, we read through Definitely the early, uh, Catwoman stuff, or the middle Catwoman stuff by uh, Anna Senti, so <laughs> it can't be that bad. <laughs> Is she off that book yet? Uh, yeah, at least not from the no. side scene recently. I mean, it, is that book selling, like, stellar numbers or something? I mean, you'd think it had to for them to keep yeah. uh, having that book in publication, at least having her on the title. Yeah, I mean, I guess, because the book is terrible. Yeah. It's written terribly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of hard to to avoid saying that, but I Maybe I there's, there's a reason. And see how bad it's gotten, or if it's gotten better. But I don't want to take the chance of wasting. Yeah. Or yeah. There's there's a reason why you don't want to take that chance, and you know the reason is it's terrible. <laughs> and the is is the greatest writer in the world. Um, but anyway, maybe we should focus on something positive, or hopefully positive. I think we should say hopefully positive, Tim. Ninety nine. Because we're not quite sure. I'll say ninety nine percent positive, <laughs> or ninety nine percent hopeful. <laughs> Yeah, but Variety also said that that guy was going to be, um, the, the guy from Breaking Bad was going to be um, Luke's son. Remember that? That's true, too. I mean, he's not officially out of the running yet. They're saying it's possible he might be, so who knows? But, yeah, you're right. Nothing is 100% till it comes from the studio. So, That's- Yeah. So, uh, with that said, this guy, Ray Fisher, he has supposedly been cast as Cyborg, according to Variety, in uh, the Batman vs. movie. And uh, I'm not, sure, not really sure who this guy is, but he's known best for his theater roles, including the Broadway play Fetch Clay, Make Man, where he portrayed Muhammad Ali. Uh, but apparently this guy is going to be playing Cyborg in the... In the Man of Steel sequel, so maybe we can look forward to that. Yeah, I mean, when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, Cyborg is going to be cool to see in a Justice League movie, but for the Man of Steel sequel, we're, we talked about it to death before, how it's getting maybe a little too crowded, but then reading the article, was like, his role is supposed to be minor in Batman versus Superman or the Man of Steel sequel, whatever. And so I'm kind of just guessing we're just going to see him as Vic Sage and not really, um, or I said Vic Sage, it's Vic Stone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as uh, Not as Cyborg, but just as uh, himself as a normal uh, person. So if it's done right, I mean, I'm all for it. I enjoy seeing world building or universe building, how they're setting things up for future movies. But at the same time, too, I don't want it to be where it just feels like he's shoehorned in there and they just did it to set up Justice League that have an integral yeah. part in Batman vs. Superman. I mean, things like that are cool if they're just cameos where they just name drop or they just walk by him or see him and they, they say Vic and then you know who it is. I mean, I'm just cool with stuff like that, but not anything that will drag the plot down. But as far as the casting of Ray Fisher, I think he looks like a cyborg. He looks like he'll be good for the part, so I'm hoping it's true and then he gets a bigger role in the Justice League movie. You know what I hope it is? It, or, or is like, it's kind of like, I, I hope it's like um, Billy D in Batman 89, mm-hmm. where he is Harvey Dent, uh-huh. but he's not Two-Face. It, he's just casually mentioned, and you see him a couple times, and he's kind of part of the plot, but not really. And 
you know what he's going to become in the next movie. Unfortunately, yeah. that didn't happen, but um, it probably maybe worked out just for like for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but hopefully it's something like that. It's it's not so much. Um, you know, he he becomes cyborg in the movie. You know. Yeah, and another thing too that kind of leads to this being true, because in the new Fifty Two, we knew that he was uh, a high school football player. And we already know they shot scenes at a football field. So that kind of got me thinking, well, it could be that they're shooting that scene for maybe his origin or just for his one scene that he is going to be in. They're going to go with the new 52 route. So, I don't know, that kind of leads me to believe, oh, it's possible that that's what that scene was for. And maybe it is going to be true. Yeah, but I don't know that – the guy Ray Fisher, this guy Ray Fisher, he looks a little older mm-hmm. than a high school student, or maybe he's just there. <laughs> maybe, yeah, that's true. Well, who knows what they're going to do with it? But to me, if anything, they're probably going to draw more from his new Fifty Two origin than probably what his previous origin was. I don't, I'm not too familiar with his past origin story, so maybe it is kind of similar to the new Fifty Two, but I don't think it was. So, it seems like everything they're trying to take from the new 52, so it makes sense that they'll do Cyborg for that way also. I know Cyborg's been a character that DC, in particular Jeff John, has been trying to get more exposure, so this is probably <laughs> the biggest way you can get to get him in a live-action movie, so can't get more bigger than that, so it turns out good. Yeah, and speaking of uh, casting rumors, I think we should uh, mention the that uh, Batman news, according to secret sources, <laughs> I'm doing air quotes, Tim, right now. <laughs> according to secret sources, uh, Jason Momoa has been cast in. He's been cast uh, again. The, <laughs> yeah, again. Like first he was cast and he denied it. Now he's cast again. So he's reportedly been cast, according to Batman Dash News, and they think it's going to be Aquaman. Um, I don't really see that, but okay. And, uh, wasn't he supposed to be Doomsday? Yeah. Isn't that the rumor? I think that was, was the first. To be Doomsday. Yeah. I was like, that's one, like, okay, I'll believe that's. I don't have as much confidence as I do that one as I do this one with Ray Fisher at Cyborg. Because, like yeah. you said, he was already rumored, he denied it, and then he's, maybe they talk him into it, into accepting the role, and now he's signed on to it. And then, plus, I, I don't think so. I don't see him as Aquaman either, that's for sure. So, we, yeah. if anything, I see him, like you said, I thought it was the Doomsday uh, rumor, but then there's still the mystery of who The Rock's going to play. <laughs> and he seems like a type who could play like the Doomsday <laughs> also. So, uh, who knows? I thought he was supposed to be, um, wasn't he supposed to be Jon Stewart? Yeah, that was the rumor too. But yeah. I, yeah. This, but his role hasn't been revealed yet, and he says it's someone who's as like powerful as Superman. So that makes you think someone else like a Doomsday or a Dark Side. But so, so The Rock has been officially cast by WB. Yeah, he said so himself, but they're not revealing who. Oh, it's like I want—I don't want to hear any more casting stories or rumors. I want to see the Bat suit. That's the next update I want to hear from the Batman Superman. <laughs> and did you also see too that? Uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode. We might have, but there's that blur image of the like Panavision camera. The, the camera's not blurry, but there's yeah. a shot of Ben Affleck <laughs> in a suit as Bruce Wayne, but that's all blurry. You can't see it. 
We might have talked about it in the last one. <laughs> I just find that that's the first image they released with that <laughs> the camera. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like the dark. What the Dark Knight did, they had uh, Heath Ledger behind that glass. Yeah, that's right. But and the picture of the camera. Yeah, had other images released before that though. But I think we had the very really? close-up shot. That was the first reveal we got in the Joker. And then after. No, that, no, 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 no. That, that was the first shot. The the first picture from the set. Yeah, okay. Yeah, your official right, picture from the set. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> I misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, hopefully this guy Ray Fisher is cast as Cyborg. I'd love to see to see Cyborg in a film. Um, I just hope I, I just hope that it isn't just crammed in there. You know, yeah, it's not like at it like it feels like it's forced in there. You know, I hear you. I'm I'm still super excited and. Have trust in Zack Snyder and what he's doing, but you just can't—you just can't help but feel that way sometimes. That might be a little too crowded, but it's all in their hands. <laughs> and they pulled off Man of Steel, and honestly, that didn't have as enough many characters as this movie's having. But <laughs> that's why they still have my trust. So, Tim, let me ask you: What do you think about this Batman Beyond animated short? Now, now, don't go crazy. Just give your review calmly. <laughs> okay. It's going to be hard, but, man, was it <laughs> freaking awesome. <laughs> I only have one. Oh, really? I only have really? one complaint. It, it blew your hair back? Yeah, well, what little shave, well, my shave head I do have. There's <laughs> not that much hair on there. But, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's been so long since we've seen Batman Beyond in animation that was just really cool. My only complaint, it was only a minute and twenty seconds, <laughs> and it ended on such a cliffhanger. I mean, what's cool about it is we see Batman or Terry as Batman fighting a robot of the classic Batman, the Bruce Batman from the animated series, and that was awesome in itself. Cool fight sequence. We had the same uh, composer of the Batman Beyond music doing the music again, which was awesome. Same voice actors: Kevin Conroy, Will Freddle. And then at the end, or when Batman's fighting that robot Batman, I guess the reveal of what like his uh, skeletal frame looks like as a robot, and it, right away you get the feeling, oh, that's the Batman robot from the Hardak episode and his Silicon Soul episode. And I was like, oh, that's a cool callback. And of course they defeat it, and then you think it's over, but then we get the awesome ending <laughs> where that wasn't the only Batman robot that was created. No, we got this awesome pan shot, and we're seeing these tons of different Batman designs. We got the the Batman from the Batman TV show, Brave and the Bold Batman, Beware the Batman, the Michael Keaton Batman, the Adam West Batman, and then the one that looked the best, the Bob Kane, Bill Finger original Batman design, which looked so cool. And I just loved it. It's like, no, it can't end that way. I want to see more. <laughs> I'm just hoping that... This is the first of a few shorts, because they just can't end it this way. This, it was just so cool. I loved it. I thought uh, Batman Strange Days was awesome. I think that one might have been a little better because it was longer, but if this one was just as long, it definitely would have topped it. But uh, I loved it. <laughs> I don't think that was as calm as you were telling me to do, but <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you're giddy about 
all of the animated stuff, the, the animated DC stuff. So, you know, go crazy <laughs> as much as you want. Um, but but I do have to say, uh, before the announcement of, that, you know, Beware of the Batman is coming back, this short and the, the Batman Strange Days short got me really angry because I, I was just thinking, why... Well, I shouldn't say angry. More, more disappointed, <laughs> to use that word again. Um, it, it just got me more disappointed because it's like, why are you doing this when you can be working on another Batman show? Yeah, I know exactly you know, what you're saying. I, I don't want to see shorts. I don't want to see little tastes from my past. I want to see something big, something huge in the animated world. You know, I, I, I don't. Sure, it was nice to see. You know, Kevin Conroy and Bruce Tim back in uh, Batman Strange Days. And, you know, it's great to see the Batman Beyond short. But, but I want to see uh, a full series of a great Batman show, like the animated series. I, I, I don't want to see these shorts, you know? Yeah, like I said, this leaves you wanting more. I mean, at least maybe a, a new animated yeah. movie about Batman Beyond. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But. That's thinking logically, Tim. <laughs> I'm to think outside the box. <laughs> and the thing that has me, but, like, it left, ended on a cliffhanger, because in the beginning, uh, Terry asked Bruce, like, who's doing this? He says, me. So did he create all these different uh, Batman robots, but somehow made them look like all the classic designs we've seen over the years? Or is it these Batman from different universes that these robots are coming? He's like, I want to know the answer to this question. What's going on? And the line Bruce said at the end was awesome, like, like Terry says, not good odds and result. Yeah, for them. And then that's it. <laughs> I want to see him fight. It would have been cool. Yeah. So, um, these shorts are great. Don't get me wrong. I love them. But let's see something, something more along the lines of the animated series. Don't try to recreate it. Do your own thing. But you know, try to do something big and bold, you know. Not brave and bold. <laughs> big and bold. <laughs> Brave the Bold. I um, forgot but, to mention that design. He was in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only Batman but, thing was the Nolan Batman costume. Yeah, well, they, they can't use that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get Nolan's permission. Yeah. Well, well you know, because uh, cause of PJ, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Could it use it for Batman Live? They're not going to use it for that. <laughs> No, nope. <laughs> uh, but you know, speaking of Beware of the Batman, it's coming back, Tim. You get your wish. Yeah, I thought it was dead. <laughs> good thing I'm not on the East Coast because it's airing at 3 a.m. <laughs> for <laughs> on the East Coast. Twelve a.m. Oh, on uh, Tsunami. Yeah, but then again, that's what DVRs are for. So it's cool that it's coming back, but the only thing is that I'm gonna have to wait what about nine weeks to get to the episodes I haven't seen yet. <laughs> It's because they're starting back from the first one and just working their way up. But at least we'll get to see the remaining, like, 10 or 12 episodes that have yet to air. Because they did put two that never aired onto the Blu-ray for the first set, but there was more after that. So they're going to be airing them all together, which is cool. And at least we'll see it. (laughs) It's not going to just be sitting in the vaults of WB collecting dust. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I I thought the show was dead. I didn't think we were going to see any more Bat- Beware the Batman episodes. And, you know, th- this is a good thing that 
you know, you guys are going to see the the missing episodes, the the, the lost missions. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you call that? I guess if they call it Clone Wars, that they can call that for Beware the Batman. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, put on hiatus like the end of 2013, and we didn't hear anything about it. So I was like, okay, yeah, I guess it is done. <laughs> but it's, it's coming back in, on May 10th, so it's not that too far away. So we got to wait about 10 weeks, so probably in the fall, I just want to start seeing new episodes. <laughs> It's not episode seven far away or Batman vs Superman far away. Yeah, <laughs> sooner than that. <laughs> All right, so um, oh, I almost forgot about that. Um, the the Batman Assault on Arkham uh, trailer. What do you think about that, Tim? Yeah, this one I actually wasn't expecting it. I don't know what I was expecting, but not to look like this because it's set in the Arkham game universe. And I guess we're just so used to how the characters look and the 3D model and animation and stuff like that, and seeing them in 2D animation is a little different, because it didn't remind me at all of the Arkham games when I saw it, but it's set in that same universe. But, of course, I'm sold on it just by Kevin Conroy's back, and that Troy Baker is back as the Joker. He does such an awesome job in Arkham Origins that seeing him play off with Kevin Conroy is going to be great, too. I mean, Mark Hamill, of course, is the best, but Troy Baker blew me away in Origins, and I'm just glad he's, they brought him back from the movie, and hopefully he'll kind of be the default Joker again <laughs> for most of these movies. So I'm looking forward to that the most. It looks like the trailer is also going to focus on Suicide Squad, which was also unexpected, because it's like they're infiltrating Arkham, but they're not saying really why, But I think because Joker has a bomb or something, and how Batman gets involved, we're not really too sure, and I'm not too sure on when it actually takes place within the Arkham universe. Is it before... Arkham Asylum, after Arkham Asylum, but after Arkham City. We know it's not after Arkham City because Joker's still there, but I'm just curious to when exactly in the timeline it takes place. So I'm kind of wasn't expecting the Suicide Squad to looks like play a major role in it, but to me it still looks cool. Kevin Conroy's Batman equals uh, <laughs> awesome and just a must-see no matter what it looks like. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Just not quite what I was expecting it to look like, but it definitely looks cool. I wonder why they didn't get Mark Hamill to do this. I wonder why, Tim. It's not like he's busy shooting anything, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but technically, he probably would have finished this since they haven't even started Episode 7 yet, so <laughs> he could have yeah. done that. But did you see on Twitter, oh, I think it was Je- Jedi News, uh, reported that yeah. Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher were in England? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny because it's like they they can't travel to the same country with each other or um, at the same time as each other. Like Harrison Ford could be in the north northern part of the country and Carrie Fisher could be in the south and like oh they they must be filming episode seven right? That's how I took it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> really, yeah. we haven't gotten that announcement yet, but I got excited just knowing that they're there because <laughs> what else is it going to be for? Yeah, where is Mark Hamill, too? He he hasn't been on Twitter. I know. Oh, he has to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> He's going to be at that Star Wars weekend in Disney World, like the last week in the beginning of June. So they'll be shooting by then, so they definitely have to have the announcement <laughs> made before that. So hopefully we can talk about it. 
watch they don't and you know Mark Hamill's like really fit like he's lost all of his weight like, like all of all of the old man weight and you know he's looking fit and stuff and like still haven't announced it yeah I know I, mean, I, haven't, I don't know if you've seen pictures of him but he does look in great shape to start being Luke Skywalker again really <laughs> so like hurry up before it gets it back <laughs> uh well, we can only hope that Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford are going to be in Episode 7, right? <laughs> well, I said it on the Saga Continues podcast. I'm 99.9.9% sure <laughs> they're going to be back in it. It's a lot of nines. <laughs> yes. All I'm waiting for is waking up to that StarWars.com post saying, it's they're back, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher returns. <laughs> So, so what do you want to know more? I think I might have asked you this, Tim. Do you want to see Ben Affleck in the bat suit, or do you want to see um, an announcement that Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford are going to be in Episode Seven? Yeah, I think if I said this, the Ben Affleck bat suit, because like I said, we're pretty much confident they're going to be back in Episode Seven, so it won't be that much of a shock. As cool as it will be to get that confirmed, but. I'm dying to see that bad suit, <laughs> just to see it, <laughs> if it lives up to the expectations that have now been set by people who've seen it <laughs> and have described it. So I really want to see it. Uh, like, that's another thing. So, Why it's taking WB so long to release that, too? <laughs> so, so what if you see the picture and it's like, oh, God, that is absolutely terrible. <laughs> I'll be pretty disappointed, I have to say, if it doesn't look good. <laughs> like it's bordering on George Clooney's uh, silver bat suit. It can't look that bad. It just can't. Maybe they'll go with the Batman of Zerin R look with the rainbow look. <laughs> <laughs> then they could put Batmite in there. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Uh, was it? Was there any other news? Anything you missed, Tim? Yeah, I think that was it. At least the things that caught my attention. All right. So with that, I guess we can get into our listener feedback slash uh, Alex Corner. Or <laughs> what are we calling that? Wow, you are tired to that conversation with Alex. Yeah. But we're trying yeah, to get. I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I should say, I am exhausted, people. This is a Friday night. This is uh, April 25th. <sighs> I'm exhausted from work. So, <laughs> excuse me if I don't remember stuff and um, I sound lazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll forgive you this one time, Dane. Don't let it happen again. Do not put work in front of the podcast ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put work in front of this free podcast and I don't make any money off it. <laughs> Got to prioritize here. <laughs> what do you love more, work or Batman? <laughs> well, that's an easy answer. It's like, but what's yeah. important? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's more important? Unfortunately. Yeah. I wish I could not write Batman, but just be like a ja maybe a janitor. Yeah, I, I'd be a janitor in the DC offices. I mean, at, at least you're surrounded by DC stuff. I mean, exactly. at, at least like a portion 
of the office that you clean. Yeah, surrounded by cool stuff. Turn this way, you see a yeah. Batman statue or a poster. <laughs> yeah, so I I'd be the janitor of of DC. I'd clean their toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, let's um, let's get to some listener feedback. Unfortunately, Alex didn't send in an email this time. Alex, man, what's going on? You have to send in your email, otherwise, my 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 life isn't complete. <laughs> <laughs> the world just isn't the same. The universe is not not in balance. Yeah, we need uh, we need your Anakin-like aura to reset the universe. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully we got or it's yeah oh, I was going to say thankfully we got Corbin and Jake to pick up uh, for Alex to, not for this week for not sending an email but then again we could have set a new record for how many emails we got <laughs> so yeah. I'm so disappointed Alex how dare you <laughs> <laughs> or it's it, the universe is kind of like when Michael J. Fox goes back into the future and uh, he's playing guitar at that dance, and uh-huh. his mom is gonna kiss, <laughs> gonna kiss um, Biff, or no. what was it? No, she had to kiss his dad in order for him to be born, and that's where he becomes he stops fading and he goes back to normal. Yeah, yeah. So, so right now we're fading, yeah. fading slowly. <laughs> Our brothers and sisters are fading, have completely faded, faded away. And it's just us in the picture that our families took together some time ago. <laughs> Never mind, that, that reference doesn't really help. <laughs> or or it, could more, it makes more sense if it's the Back to the Future 2 version where because Alex didn't send the email, the timeline gets screwed up and we're like the worst uh, version of uh, the 1985 where Biff owns that casino. He's like super rich and like the area is really bad. <laughs> uh, Marty McFly's <laughs> dad gets killed. <laughs> Everything's wrong. Alex didn't send an email. Or we could just be like uh, Back to the Future 3 and just be terrible. <laughs> you know what? A lot of people haven't say that movie's not good, but I haven't seen it in so long that I don't think I can comment <laughs> or not <laughs> whether it's really bad or good. I should see it again, because I love the first two movies. And, but I think just that impression's there, that maybe I haven't watched it. But I don't remember it being so bad. I'm going to have to revisit that, though. Yeah. But, um, you know, speaking of Back to the Future, <laughs> I guess we're going on a Back to the Future tangent, so make sure to include this in the synopsis of this episode, too. <laughs> Fine, by the way. I love that movie. <laughs> speaking of Back to the Future... Um, you know, um, w- was Kelvin Klein not around back in the 50s? No, apparently not. Oh. <laughs> I think they would have heard of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess he's lucky he didn't have Haynes because he, <laughs> he'd be like, <laughs> nice to meet you, Haynes. <laughs> food of the looms. <laughs> or Joe Boxer. Yeah. <laughs> Would <laughs> have I think that should be our uh, our review scale underwear names. That I believe Marty McFly wasn't called. <laughs> or like, I guess he's. La- I 
guess he's lucky he didn't wear a thong. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> there was a topic I didn't think I'd be talking about today. <laughs> It's the stuff you think about, you know, when you love a movie. Yeah, the stuff that just pops in your head, too, so randomly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, our first email is from Corbin, and he, he first, first off, the title is, uh, Sorry I don't have a fancier slash more professional name for Corbin. I think we can make one for you, Corbin. <laughs> I know you can, uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Hmm. Let me think. Uh, the only Corbin that pops into my head right now is from The Fifth Element, the main character that Bruce Willis played, Corbin Dallas. Okay. Corbin Dallas Poole. Okay. Let's call him Corbin Dallas Poole. There you go. Slash Bruce Willis. That's more fancier. Maybe not more professional, but it's definitely fancier. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, Corbin Dallas Poole slash Bruce Willis says, Story time. So one day I was at the hall. And was about to go in the door-to-door ministry when a woman in her 50s walks in to join us, and she was wearing light-up flip-flops. It's just as ridiculous and terrifying as it sounds. To tie this into the last episode even more, we had an earthquake during the morning <laughs> meeting. Keep in mind that this earthquake took place in Oklahoma. I was afraid the wall was going to collapse on me, and I'd be buried in rubble with the... <laughs> With those stupid light-up shoes. <laughs> well, at least if that did happen, he'd have some light in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he, he wouldn't know if he's going up or down. Oh, that's true. Through the, yeah, because the lady could be below, and he'd be like, oh, my God, I, I guess I head towards the light, right? And he's heading towards her light-up sandals. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny how we've talked about that. or We've talked about yeah. light-up shoes. And the earthquake that happened that same episode. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, come on. Like, a woman in her 50s wearing light-up yeah. sandals. That's a little... I, like, yeah, those are for children. Yeah. But And they barely get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, at least when you're a child, you have, like, cool Buzz Lightyear light-up shoes or something. You know, it's not like... You're 50 years old. <laughs> You're wearing light up flip-flops. But anyway, uh, Corbin goes on to say, So recently I got my wife reading and enjoying comics by by reading Mark Wade's Daredevil and Charles Sewell's She-Hulk. Maybe soon I can work her into enjoying some DC stuff. Corbin Dallas Poole uh, slash Bruce Willis, you should have start, started her on... DC to begin with, right? I mean, as Batman fans, it's hard not to <laughs> start on, or for us to say DC is a better choice to start with, but I'm not, my book, whatever gets you into comics, the better. She'll eventually get to DC, but as long as she starts right. with some comic books, that's the most important thing. Right, so he, he goes on to say, but it tends to be more violent. Oh, yeah, I guess so, but you know, have her read year one. I mean, at least there's a love story or a twisted love story in it. Right? You know what? It's strange, too, though, that you mentioned that. Out of the blue, my dad just started reading Batman year one. Wow, just, really? Yeah. 
Do you like it? He's still reading it right now. We'll see how long it takes him. Oh. But, like, out of the blue, he just says, I'm reading Batman Year One now. Because, <laughs> like, you know, he's come with me to some of the movie premieres. Not for Batman Year One, right. but for, like, The Dark Knight Returns. And so he's kind of, I guess, wanted to get more familiar with, because he's heard Frank Miller a lot during those uh, premieres and, like, interview stuff. So I think he wanted to get maybe more familiar with Frank Miller's work and kind of what the big deal was for, like, his Batman story. So he's checking out Year One. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I'll just oh, I see. <laughs> well, like, I would say like five or six years ago, my dad, um, my dad read uh, The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. and like, it, it was like the weirdest thing because he had finished it, and then I went over to their house and I was like, "Oh, so so you finished uh, The Dark Knight Returns? What, what what did you think about it?" He's like, "Oh, it was good." I was like, "Oh, so so what did you like about it?" Um, it was all good. <laughs> like, so that's a good thing or a bad thing or I don't know. <laughs> or, or did he not really finish it? He was just guessing you. <laughs> no, he he finished it because when the movies came out on um on Blu-ray, I I bought it. I bought a copy for him and he liked it. Okay. He was watching it. Yeah, I, I saw him watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, there's proof right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, but yeah, like, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt your email, Corbin Dallas Pool slash Bruce Willis, but, um, for some reason, I, I think I told you this, and I think I said this on the podcast before, but, but for like no reason, my dad is super, super into Spider-Man. He loves Spider-Man to the point where really? he bought Spider-Man Christmas decorations, Oh, yeah, you never told me that about him being into Spider-Man. No. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, like, he he he, lo- he loves Spider-Man for some reason. Like, he has Spider-Man underwear, <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man t-shirts, and uh, I got him um, the trade for one, oh, what is it called, one last time or something? Oh, one more day. Yeah, one more day. I got I got him the trade for that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what he thinks about that, but... That might be a, uh, it, it's not just, a good one to start on, because I, like, retconned a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's the story yeah. that retcons his marriage with Mary Jane and all that. Yeah, so, it's it's just so weird. Like, he's, he was never a comic fan when I was growing up. He he didn't really like comics. And, like, all of a sudden, I, I think it was the, the Tobey Maguire movies that got him into... I'm into Spider-Man for some reason. You know, but that's one thing I'd like give my dad grief for. Like, why couldn't you be into comics when you were a kid? You could have gotten the first issue of Spider-Man and X-Men and all like those early Marvel stories. <laughs> <laughs> he was like at the perfect age when those came out. He was like 12 or 13, stuff like that. But he just wasn't into comics. It was all uh, baseball, cars, and the Beatles for him. <laughs> Not comics and superheroes. <laughs> well, he wants to be cool, Tim. He don't want to be a nerd like you and me. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to be cool. He's like, yeah, I dig the Beatles. I dig baseball. I like cars. Comic books, uh, that's for children. But he still was a kid at that time. He could have still got away with it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bad on your dad, then. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Corbin goes on to say, uh, but it tends to be more violent, whereas Marvel has more fun with theirs. For me, it started what, by watching Batman the Animated Series, just like you, Tim. Yes. 
beyond uh, Spider-Man and Superman is every kid from the 90s should. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer that kids don't <laughs> the kids don't have great shows these days like that for these companies to build their brand. Of course, getting into my teens and late 20s the the live action movies finally pushed me over the comic over into the comic medium wanting to get these great stories on a regular basis. So my question is what broke you guys into comics? That one's been easy for me. I'm sure people are probably tired of hearing it, but <laughs> it was Batman Nightfall. And I guess like what kind of got me into that would probably give credit to Batman the Animated Series, where during that time it was when I was like heavily into it. It was like a year it's been on, and so that's what kind of pushed me to go into the comic store and get the, what was going on during that time was Nightfall. That's where it all started. I mean, I had a few here and there when I was a little kid. Like I always mentioned, the Untold Legend of the Batman comics and tapes, but it was never like – a avid comic collector until Nightfall started. That's where I started getting every issue for a while until the hiatus, and then came back with Identity Crisis, and haven't stopped since. So it was Nightfall that got me into it because of that in the animated series. Hmm. Well, I'm reading his question, and I think it's just like a general question of what got you into comics. Period. Well, um, so that is just. Batman. <laughs> he was one I remember liking, so. Um, for me, it was the G.I. Joe comics that you would get at the drugstore on the on the spinning racks. And then I started seriously getting into comics. Well, well I mean, that was the first comics that I ever got was G.I. Joe comics. Uh, but what really got me into comics was, surprisingly enough, um... You remember KB Toys, right, Tim? Oh, yeah. That's where I got a lot of my Star Wars toys. Yeah. Uh, they they were, I think I think it was like a pack of like 10 comics that were only like $3, $3 like $2.99 oh, yeah. or something. Just like throwaway comics. Like they, it, it looks like somebody just put them in a plastic bag and put it in like a bin. Um, but it was Ghost Rider comics is what initially got me into um, into comics. And, you know, that went from, you know, me reading the comics, my parents making notice that I was actually reading <laughs> and not, you know, playing video games or something. Um, and that led to them taking me to my first comic shop and me buying pretty much, like, all the comics that I could get my hands on um, and spending my entire allowance on um, – on comic books, so um, yeah, that Ghost Rider of all things <laughs> was what got me into comics. Well, I'm sure you're <laughs> excited for his movies then with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh man, I I was there at the midnight premiere for both movies. <laughs> you spent a hundred dollars um, to see the trailer for that too. <laughs> That would just be no, a fine thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In jail. I wonder if there's anybody that likes that movie, like like as a critically acclaimed movie. Like that that the writing in that movie is so great. The acting in that movie is so great. You know, if there's anybody that like that. I would like to hear for that person. I've never yeah. seen them, but I've always hear, oh, it's so bad, it's good. That's the only way you like it. But <laughs> to hear actually like it for what it is, because they think it's the writing and acting. That I would like to find out. 
Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that thinks that. <laughs> but uh, Corbin goes on to say, I doubt it if you guys read Thunderbolts from Marvel, but there was a comic where they went to hell, and Deadpool and Venom fought General Ross, Red Hulk, mustache. <laughs> oh, <laughs> General Ross's mustache. <laughs> what I'm saying is that... <laughs> What I'm saying is that in the Gotham TV show, they should have an episode where Gordon's mustache is committing crimes. And as punishment, it is in prison for life on Gordon's face. <laughs> Carvin. Corvin. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thus, an origin story for the stash. <laughs> I can't think of a better origin story now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they don't do this, I'll be disappointed now. <laughs> that that Thunderbolts comic you referenced where they take on Red Hulk's mustache sounds so bizarre and stupid, I have to see it. <laughs> How does Venom and Deadpool fight a mustache? <laughs> does Deadpool bring out a big razor blade or something and shave it? Well, Deadpool has a, uh, has a sword, right? Yeah. <laughs> just like slash it or shave it yeah um, but anyway he goes on to say as far as my vote I prefer the, the classic anim- damn you Corbin you had me going I, th- I felt we were buddies man <laughs> he goes on to regretfully say <laughs> in your that he likes the animated series version of Mr. Freeze. I liked the Snyder version when it first came out, but now his story is less compelling, and I have grown to hate it. <laughs> Take that, Dave. <laughs> okay, it's like you're it's it's like you're bunting on me. And you're up by eleven points. I mean, eleven runs. And it's in the first inning. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Jen Laurie. But still, and you're shifting on him, and uh, yeah. you're giving me that open uh, <laughs> left field to bunt. Yeah. Oh, wait, Tim, before we finish this email, um, I can't do it myself. I don't want to do it. Uh, I will throw something. So, uh, can, can you just tell me the A's actual score? Sure, I'll look it up. You can finish yeah. the email. <laughs> no, no, I'll wait. <laughs> oh, we're gonna keep everyone in suspense as I give you the update yeah. on Oakland A score. Oh no, 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 Tim, no. Well, it can't be as bad as the Yankees losing thirteen to one to the Angels today after they beat the no. Red Sox like fifteen to five last night. Okay, okay, I feel kind of better now. But the final score is Houston five, Oakland twelve. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank so, you, yeah, Tim. It was a blowout. Oh, because the last time I checked, they were tied at five. I, I don't know how Chavez gave away five runs, but he apparently did. <laughs> well, look at the scoreboard. They got seven runs in the ninth as well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'll be definitely checking that out on Quick Pitch tonight on MLB Network to see the highlights. Oh, but, but it's bad news because... I don't even want to say it, Tim, but A.J. Griffin might have to get Tommy John. Might? I thought I read he is going to have it. (laughs) No, there is an official official announcement by the A's. Uh, 
It's going to happen. Yeah. Everyone says that yeah. it's possible and it's going to be impossible. Or definite. Uh, first, it was Parker. Now, AJ Griffin. So, so it's pretty much pretty much the, the A's uh, rotation is yeah. severely damaged already. And, and we're not so, even... They're still in first place. Yeah, that's a good thing. Well, that's because, like, the... <laughs> the Mariners, like, <laughs> I don't know what it, the, the Mariners were the Mariners from last season. Yeah, I hope he's having fun. <laughs> having fun losing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, sorry, Corbin, again. <laughs> um, but he says, uh, yeah, and I've rotated him. But I prefer Batman Begins Origin over 89. So in your face, Tim, in your face, in your face. Uh, <laughs> so it's one for me, one for you. But I think I won the Mr. Freeze. Uh, yeah. I had Alex, Corbin, and I believe Jake were on my side for that one, too. So I think that one's settled. You know, stop listening to the podcast, guys. Stop. <laughs> no, no, no. I just playing. I was just playing. Uh, but he says, I didn't like what they had Joker being the one who killed his parents. So, yeah, he agrees with me. That, well, that's obviously a bad idea. I just like how it was directed and how the scene was played out. Not the fact that Joker yeah. killed him. <laughs> and he says, uh, last thoughts. Uh, sorry, it's a build-up since I haven't sent anything in, since a few episodes ago. Sorry, right, Corbin. As long as you remembered to send what in for this episode. We love you, man. We love you like Tim loves uh, A-Rod. Uh, so we don't like Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We love you, Corbin. We love you, man. If nobody else loves you, Tim and I do. Just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, he, he just says, uh, what do you think of the new Grayson series? So, <laughs> Corbin, <laughs> we're highly disappointed. Uh, he said, well, he he actually says, I'm really excited about it. So that's, that's good. Uh, it seems like it's right up my alley in terms of style being James Bond, James Bondish. Uh, I'm not so surprised to Dick using it then. I think it would be different for me if it were Bruce, but I'm excited to cover it on the website. So, hey, at least you're writing a review for it. I mean, at least you're excited enough to sit down and write a review for it. So good on you, man. Uh, he says, I'll do my best to send something to you next time. I need to get my name in there with a conversation with Alex. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I think all of our listeners do. So, um, well, well, hopefully it's not too long. Hopefully it's not like a uh, conversation with Alex, Corbin, Jake, so-and-so, 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 and so-and-so. Well, I will say it'll be a good thing if that's the case. That means we'll have more listeners chiming into the episodes. <laughs> And yeah. Welcome back. But Jake has another email, Tim. He says, uh, I mean, who Jake's would win in a fight? Oh, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Corbin, I meant. Corbin Dallas Poole slash Bruce Willis. Um, Corbin, since you write um, reviews for the website, um, you, you know how your whole name is on there, Corbin Poole? Ask Dustin. To add uh, Corvin Dallas Pool slash Bruce Willis for me, that would be so awesome. I would read your reviews like like I read comic books. 
<laughs> gonna change his uh, login username just for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so you can be one of a kind. I mean, nobody else is doing that, Corbin. Just think about it. Um, but he said he asked, uh, "Who would win a fight in a fight between Winter Soldier and Darth Vader?" I'm going with Bucky. Vader would see, never see him coming. And the Force does you no good if you got a bullet in your head or a knife in your back. The dude's a beast, although they are both good guys gone bad. Corbin, before I finish your email, I will say uh, Empire Strikes Back in Cloud City. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. So, so Vader would just, like, Wonder Woman it. <laughs> Um, but he goes on to say uh, the dude's a beast although they are both good guys gone bad and then good again and they both have robotic arms so yeah sorry Corbin I have to disagree on this one it's hard not to pick Vader in any (laughs) fight or contest I mean the force there's really no going against it unless you have the force too Darth Vader can probably sense the Winter Soldier coming and then, so sneaking up on him is kind of out. And then if he does shoot at him, like you said, Dane, Empire Strikes Back, Vader can just use the Force to either deflect the bullets, direct them right back. No, 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 it's not, it's not only Tim, Tim. It's not deflect the bullets. It's called Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman in it. <laughs> okay, Wonder Woman in it, the bullets. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, of course, a lightsaber. I mean, if they were having a knife, in a lightsaber fight, you know, come on, the lightsaber's going to take him down. <laughs> so I will agree where the soldier is a beast. He was awesome. He was great in the movie, but there's hardly anyone who can beat Darth Vader if he goes to yeah. anyone without force powers. Yeah, unfortunately, Corbin, I'm going to agree with Tim because you got to think about Darth Vader and the force. Vader is part of the dark side of the force now, right? Yep. And what is the dark side of the Force? It's about hate, it's about rage, it's about anger, it's about, you know, um, jealousy and all these rotten feelings that you experience. So he uses that to choke people, to kill people, to torture people using using Force. So I honestly don't think Winter Soldier has a, sh- has a shot, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I appreciate you agreeing with me on Mr. Freeze, but I just can't go against Darth Vader. Yeah, so so that means uh, Corbin's vote doesn't count. So <laughs> we're, um, we're <laughs> there's still a, there's still a chance. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Freeze animated series still wins. <laughs> no, 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 Tim, you're you're mistaken. You, you're the the dark side of the force is. Sh- Misshaping your view of reality, Tim. <laughs> it's, dim- it's diminishing my uh, ability to use the force correctly, right? But anyway, uh, thank you, Corbin. Uh, we love you. Just remember, we love you, man. Even if who hates him, uh, even if let's say your neighbor hates you, we <laughs> love you, Corbin. Just remember that. All right. So with that said. Uh, let's move on to Jake. So Jake says that Tim, I hate Tim so much. <laughs> I disagree with everything he says and agree with Dan. Oh, thank you, thank you, Jake. Um, Where is this email that you're reading? That you 
a secret one between me and Jake, all right? All right. I'll take your word for it, I guess. <laughs> no, he says, hello, gentlemen. Thank you for calling us gentlemen, because we're always just some guys that do a, a half-decent Batman podcast. <laughs> and that's, it's nice to feel that we're part of a upper-class society or something. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, uh, always a pleasure. Before we settle the argument of which origin is better for Bruce and Mr. Freeze, I wanted to add to the bat suit discussion and say that my favorite bat suit is the one from Batman Noel. Good choice, Jake. I totally forgot about that one. Didn't even enter my mind, but good choice, man. That's um, a good one. He, Maybe not my favorite, but this is a good one. Uh, see, Tim hates you. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, he he goes on to say, I, I like the way the cow and the bat symbol blend together, but stand out against the gray functional-looking suit. I like how Libra Mayo use close-ups in his panels to show off the suit, show off how the suit is put together with straps and pads sewn into into places that would need the most protection. And the best part, no underwear on the outside. Yeah, that's a plus. Right, Tim? That seems to be the going trend now in the DC universe. Superman is that's actually, yeah, that's actually a good choice, if you ask me. But, but like, Wonder Woman is the only one that wears underwear. Yeah, and they took it away for a while, though, where she had those pants for a bit. Yeah, and the jacket, right? Yeah, that didn't last long at all. Yeah, that was a bad look. <laughs> um, I lost my spot. <laughs> oh, okay. If rumors are true, this is the suit that Ben Affleck might be wearing in Batman vs. Superman. I've heard that, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, dang it, Jake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he goes on to our uh, our little debates. Uh, he says, which Wayne murders betrayal is best. It feels weird talking about which murder I like best, <laughs> but oh, <laughs> I never thought about it like that. <laughs> I know it does sound wrong when we went about this like that. <laughs> It's not only murder, it's double murder. Yeah. It's double homicide. Leave <laughs> a little kid orphaned. Yeah. Uh, but he says, uh, but I will push through through it since this is the event that spawned my favorite superhero. I agree with Dane. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jake. That's why, that's why we love you, man. Uh, but he goes on to say... Um, uh, yeah, I agree with Dane about the Nolan films getting it right. I like how Thomas was shown doing and saying things that any kid would appreciate and look up to their dad as a superhero for doing it. He even jumps in front of Martha to block the shot. So I give the Batman Begins murder five out of five bullets that were in Joe Chill's gun. Wow, wow, Jake, that was very, very dark of you. <laughs> but I will say he did give a, a Good point. I didn't really think about when we were having this debate how him, how Thomas Wayne, like jumping in front of Martha Wayne, was like showing even Bruce Banner like what a real hero would do in a situation like that, and just makes it reaffirms into Bruce's head even more as a kid of how like, his dad was a hero and what to aspire to be as good as he was. So, like, still not my favorite because of that, but I thought it was a good point Jake brought up. I mean, uh, okay, so that's two for me. 
And two for you? Well, if you count, well, Alex picked Mr. Freeze for the animated series last time, so I got three for that. Hold on. <laughs> One second. <laughs> I'm going to make sure. <laughs> um, okay. So, so Alex is one, right? Yes. On your side. All right. So, uh, Corbin says he likes Mr. Freeze. Animated series version. So that's two. Yeah, animated series version, right? Are we counting? We're counting each other, right? So with me, it's three. Okay, so no, it's only two right now. Oh yeah, it's three and then two. Okay. I guess you win. I guess. <laughs> I guess it all is. I think it's gonna um, be you win the Wayne murders. I win Mr. Freeze. <laughs> that was yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, Jake agrees with you. He he says. Um, the animated series origin is the definitive one for me. Mr. Freeze may be a maniac, but he is a maniac doing it a maniac? What? Oh, maniac. <laughs> but he's a maniac doing it for purpose, my bad. In my mind, in Batman's, I believe that with enough time and, and advancements in technology, Freeze could find the cure, that cure for Nora and live happily ever after. He's the only one that you believe can be rehabilitated, right? Yeah. Rehabilitated, yeah. <laughs> rehabilitated. Jake just felt it wrong. Uh, he forgot the age. Uh, with the right help. So Tim gets my vote on this one. I give the animated series origin five out of five times that cold water gave me shrinkage and embarrassed me in front of my wife. <laughs> Sounds like a George Costanza <laughs> situation all over again. Um, and then he says, finally, and finally, I want, wanted to suggest a book for the com comic review. No one on the Batman universe is reviewing Batwoman, and since Dane is a big fan, he is the perfect candidate <laughs> for the job. Thanks, and keep putting up the great podcasts. Um, There's just one problem with that. Yeah, Dane a huge it. problem. Hates <laughs> <laughs> it now, I should say. <laughs> Yeah, so, Jake, I would do it for you, but I don't know. I, I can't betray J.H. Williams III and W. Hayden Blackman and Greg Rocco. I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, but thank you, Jake, uh, for your e for that email. And he has another email. Also, wait, wait, so we did break the record. This is... Technically, with Corbin's fight, fight email with Dark Vader Warrior Soldier, we had four that we read this episode. So yeah, we have four emails, Tim. Awesome. Yeah, so if Alex emailed us this episode, I don't, I don't think he did. So uh, I just want to apologize ahead of time in case I missed it. Because <laughs> he forwards it to me. I mean, he sends it to me. So, uh, Alex, I'm sorry if you did send the email. I just really can't find it. Um. I, I mean, I even looked twice. I couldn't find it, but um, hopefully you email us next show. But Jake says, uh, thanks for the email. We recorded episode 54 last Friday. Uh, oh. You're reading my reply. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Well, if you count my replies, we'd have like six or seven emails to read. <laughs> <laughs> oh my bad. Um, Let me explain how he says, Google Mail works <laughs> or Gmail works. 
No, stop treating me like I'm stupid, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jake says, and this is his right email now. He says, good evening, guys. Enjoyed lis- listening to number 54, and I wanted to help end the argument about Penguin. But before I do, I think Tim was right on the about the Penguin story in Batman Returns. It should have been Killer Crocs. The only drawback of using Croc would have been the technology available at the time to make him look right. I don't think CG was very good in 1992, yeah. and slapping a bunch of makeup on an actor or using a suit probably would have done more harm than good. It's a good point, yeah. <laughs> because CG sucked, and there's no way you can build a croc suit. I don't think so. Yeah, I just had to, have gone a more, had to do a more simpler version of croc, which maybe wouldn't have been yeah. the same, but at least the background origin story would have been intact. Yeah. And then he says, um, if they were to use an actor to play a live-action killer croc, who would it be? That's the war... God. (laughs) That's the role Schwarzenegger should have played. Crux time is coming. Technology just isn't there yet. Yeah, I I don't... Well, look at Two-Face from uh, The Dark Knight. I mean, that was super pretty, pretty realistic looking, right? Yeah, definitely. So maybe if they just, like, get a big actor, like a Schwarzenegger-bodied actor like Jason Momoa or something or The Rock and they just did like something to screw up his I really just think they'll do uh, if they ever do put Croc in a movie it'll just be some guy in a motion capture suit and it'll just be all CG now and then just get oh, someone to do his voice yeah yeah get a big actor to do that because his voice would probably be all reptilian and monster like where they could just put a voice effect on there right kind of like Charger yeah. <laughs> I'm in best to do it. Oh no! <laughs> Me and the guy from Lord of the Rings can do it. Andy Circus. That that's better. Yeah, Andy Circus can do it. All right, so uh, Corbin. Go- I mean, not Corbin. <laughs> Jake um, from Twilight. Okay, you're going to give him that unfortunate uh, tag to his name? No, no. Is there a cool Jacob? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's pretty cool, right? He's done some good movies. Uh, none that I've seen. I don't think I've seen any of his movies, so I'll take your word for it. Have I ever seen a Jake Gyllenhaal movie? It's almost Batman and Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, you didn't get the part. <laughs> oh, then you'd be kissing his sister. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do for the movie. Oh, God. Not that. that. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Donnie Darko. I've seen that movie. I've never even heard of that movie. <laughs> you haven't? Nope. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, just so happens, it happens, like, on the day of my birthday, right around the time that I was born. What about that movie came out? <laughs> no, 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 that, where the movie, it's a time travel movie. Oh, okay. And it takes place in, uh, 
on October 2nd, 1988, oh. <laughs> at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And I was born at like 106 or something. <laughs> that so, like, that, that, that movie was yeah. ages for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, I didn't even plan on watching this movie. I mean, there, there must be. There's no coincidences. But anyway. <laughs> um, uh, Jacob uh, Hall goes on to say, uh, So my penguin is the mob boss one. I think he works best as a smart businessman than whatever that was in. <laughs> than whatever that was in Batman Returns. My favorite Batman story that features... Damn you, Tim. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted this by saying yes, I agree. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm disappointed that he agrees with you. Oh, come so on. It's so obvious that that penguin's better. <laughs> but then he says, uh, my favorite Batman story that features the penguin is the novelized version of No Man's Land by Greg Rucka, who is just across the river from me. Hey, you should go visit him. I mean, you should just, like, knock on his door. Just, I mean, just... Find his house and just like knock on his door and say, um, "Mr. Rocco, can, can you um, autograph this for my friend Dane?" <laughs> he doesn't want to get it for himself. He wants to get it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he says the the destruction of Gotham couldn't even stop him from getting things in or out of the city. Uh, and my last thought for the night is a combination of Alex's Joker's death question and the events of Batman Eternal number one. How does Jim Gordon die? I picture it as every 80s and 90s movie. Oh, did it. What? I picture it as every 90, 80s and 90s movie did it. Yeah, I get what he's saying. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, a bunch of cops at headquarters sitting around BSing when one cop says, Hey, Gordon, congratulations on retiring tomorrow. And then Gordon looks at a picture of Barbara and, say, and says, Thanks. I picture, I picture of Barbara and say thanks. Oh wow, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> you want me to finish reading this email? <laughs> no, no, I'll get through it slowly, but through it. Then uh, he says, then Gordon looks at a picture of Barbara and says, thanks. I just made a bunch of plans for a long vacation with the family. Just, just have to get through today. Then he goes out to a crime scene where he gets shot. And where he lays there dying, looks up at Batman or Bullock, and says, "Take care of Barbara for me." That is the way I picture it. Thanks, and keep up the good work. So, Tim, how do you imagine Jim's gonna die? So you had to read it more dramatically than that. You had to how Jay put it, where he says, "Take care of Barbara for me." Okay. <laughs> okay. You you did it then. <laughs> I will say though he is right that is kind of the cliched thing <laughs> from those movies I just can't help but think of a Simpsons episode you probably haven't seen it Dan where Homer's watching a McBain movie and <laughs> he's sitting with his like partner and he's saying yep this is my last day before retirement I'm gonna go on vacation with my life my wife we rented a boat and then he gets shot up by <laughs> the person working at a restaurant he's just like sitting in a pile of blood at the end and he's just like cursing at himself darn 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 <laughs> Meg Bain just screams out the villain's name. It's like, yeah, it's so cliched. But, but that, I don't 
probably don't want to see Gordon go out that way. I'm hoping it's something a little more different and epic, but I, I don't understand where you're coming from, Jake. But a little too, it's been done a little too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to look at it. Jake, you had me during work today. You had me almost have a emotion, uh, mental breakdown because at first I was thinking, you know, maybe uh, something hap- happens to Babs and he has Babs' killer or whatever at gunpoint and to save or and Batman's there. So it's kind of the reverse of what happened at the end of The Dark Knight. Instead of pushing... Uh, Two Face off of the off of the ledge. It's Gordon, but Batman doesn't intentionally. But he does it by accident, and Gordon trips and falls and falls over the edge and dies. And Batman is haunted by that. Uh, but uh, from Batman's perspective, uh, I think, and particular particularly uh, Bruce Wayne's perspective, I think Gordon dies just randomly, j- just a run of the mill. A 911 call, like a hostage situation or a liquor store being robbed or something. He gets shot, he dies. Just something random by a nobody, kind of like uh, Joe Chill. Just like a random thing, and it hits the wrong spot, and he dies. I hope hope for that, but I'm sure it's going to be something... Like we said before, outside of the box, like Gordon's gonna become like a secret CIA agent. Maybe he's gonna be in like Afghanistan or something, taking on the Al Qaeda or something, and like, you know, he he's gonna build a suit of armor and fight Al Qaeda, and then you know, Thor is gonna show up, beat up guys. And <laughs> wow, it could happen. I guess <laughs> like Gordon's gonna die. Yeah, and then and then is gonna die like randomly, just like he he's gonna be saving uh he's gonna be sa- saving Robert Downey Jr. not not Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, but the actor Robert Downey Jr. in the universe of the comics, um from getting sucked into a black hole or something, and he's gonna get sucked into a black hole and uh, suffocate in space. Wow, I think you nailed it. <laughs> Doesn't get more epic than that. <laughs> oh man, I don't know how I can top that. That's an epic death <laughs> and original to say the least. Yeah, not not Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr., the actor who went into the black hole to save his father, Robert Downey Downey Jr. Senior. Robert Downey Jr. Um, Senior. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, oh no, Robert Downey Sr. <laughs> and then, and then Anthony Michael Hall is there for no reason, making a terrible movie called Hail Caesar, with both of them in it, and like uh, uh, Gordon saves both of them, but can't save himself, and he suffocates and he dies. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I can. I can read Batman comics now, (laughs) right? You don't have to be the janitor anymore in DC. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, thank you, Corbin Dallas Pool slash Bruce Willis. Thank you, Jacob Gyllenhaal. 
Thank you guys for your emails. We love you, man. Uh, we love you. Thank you for your emails. <laughs> yeah, we always like reading your emails. So, uh, if you like to email us, uh, just email us at badfansofoutpants at gmail.com. So, with that said, Tim, would you like to... Hold on. <laughs> I thought you were just having a dramatic pause. <laughs> I like dramatic pauses. Just to be like, what is he going to say next? Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, for April 16th, we have Batman number 30, Bat- Batman and num- Wonder Woman number 30, and Batman Eternal number 2. Uh, so if you haven't read your books, you might want to come back to this spot later because we spoil the crap out of them, right, Tim? We sure do. All right, so for April 16th, Tim, where do you want to start off at? Well, we got to start with the big one, Batman 30, but we can decide on the rating scale. And I don't know... Something tells me it has to be – first, I wanted to do the underwear names for Marty McFly, but then with your bizarre Jim Gordon death story, <laughs> I kind of feel it has to be that now. <laughs> All right. So so uh, weird ways that Gordon could die. Okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. All right. So, yeah, there, there you go. Weird ways Gordon could die is going to be our rating scale. So – that said, Tim, why don't you give us your review about the five out of five Batman and Wonder Woman number thirty? <laughs> I thought I said Batman number thirty. No, no, no. I'm changing the schedule. No, okay. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Start, start wherever you want. Yeah, all right. We'll go with Batman number thirty. So this is starting the final act of Zero Year, which I think is called because uh, we had the first, the second part was Dark City. And I think this one is a Savage City or somewhere on that along those lines. Oh, I can't remember, but <laughs> this one starts with one of those intros that doesn't really play into the main story of this issue, but we'll probably find out <laughs> it's connected somehow later on. It starts off with Batman kind of sneaking into the room of Julie Madison, who of course was the first love interest from the early Batman comics, and so it's kind of cool that they're bringing in her into Zero Year in the New 52, but. It's kind of a weird introduction to her. <laughs> Bruce is sneaking into her uh, room through the window. He's kind of having her wanting to go out with her, sneak out. But then he looks at her face, and it's covered in blood. He's all like, "Like, what's the matter with your face? And she's all like, why? What's wrong? So she doesn't know if there's blood all over her face. And then it just cuts right in back into the main story of Zero Year. It's picking up where Riddler has controlled the city, pretty much a wasteland, like how we saw in the very first part of Zero Year. But like, just like Gotham City's pretty much a jungle. There's flooding in the subway, fish swimming around in there, so it's all crazy. Batman or Bruce wakes up in this little kid's room. He's kind of explaining what's going on, how Riddler's in control. And I like how Scott Snyder is using the Riddler in the story, kind of showing how villainous he can be with what he's doing. Because every day he issues a challenge out to the citizens of Gotham, like, give me a riddle that I can't answer, and they're like, all this will go away, you'll prove that you're smarter than me, and then you could, like, survive in the city and show how smart humans can be, because you know that's his whole point of doing this, he only wants the smartest people to survive, so that's his challenge, but no one really does it, because they can't stump him, but this little kid that Bruce is talking to, he's, like, working at it, trying to figure out a right riddle to do that, and then Bruce gets a call from Alfred, and he's doubting himself, like, I failed twice to stop him, and every time it's happened, worse things happen to Gotham, and who knows what will happen if I go up against him a third time, something worse is going to happen. 
But I think Bruce kind of seeing this kid showing how that he's working towards trying to solve this riddle, riddle and not give up is kind of inspires, inspires him to continue to go on. And then I don't know if you had this feeling, but it, I got a lot of Dark Knight Rises vibes into it. How the city's kind of shut off. Riddler says no one can leave. And how then also another side story to this is that some military, like agents or soldiers, are sneaking in to meet with Gordon to try to take Riddler down. So it had a very Dark Knight Rises vibe to it. Yeah, but it worked worked, uh, worked good for the story. And I like I said, I liked how Riddler's being portrayed by like this villain that nobody can touch. <laughs> Just showing how like smart he was laying out this whole plan and now he's reaping the benefits of it really because no one can take him down. But then there we get the point where Gordon and these soldiers are trying to sneak in to find him, but it turns out these soldiers really weren't there to take him down. They were there to make a deal with him and offer him money, and Gordon's all like, you're, you're cowards, you're like, you lied to me just to get in here, and now you're just selling out. But of course, that doesn't work with the Riddler, and then Batman has to come in and help him out, because these people are kind of, these soldiers anywhere were kind of saying, like, we have to take care of the situation, and all you're known for is helping out some psycho in a bat costume and all that. And then the Batman ends up saving them because Riddler issues them a riddle or because he has, like, these robots out. And he they don't realize it, but he gives them a clue on how to defeat them. But Batman figures it out, and he tells them, like, oh, you got to aim for their eye. And just, that's how you stop these robots. So Batman helps them out, and then he kind of gets to meet Gordon and those soldiers and pretty much accepting his help. I like the line that <laughs> uh, Gordon introduces them to, to Batman. He's all... Like, everyone, this is the, like, psycho curse words in a bat suit. Like, no offense, Batman. Like, no, none taken. Because that's how they described it. I thought that was a funny moment. I just love seeing how uh, rough Bruce or Batman's relationship with Gordon started off where he didn't trust them, and now they're starting to trust each other. This is really going to be, like, the first time trusting each other, helping out on a mission. Because they did help each other trying to stop Riddler and making all this happen, but it was kind of something that they had to do where – they really, really weren't on the same page just yet, but now they're going to be. So I liked how where we saw them before and how it led up to this moment was cool. And then just, again, Riddler's riddles. <laughs> it's always hard to write some good Riddler stories. And like I said, how uh, Batman was able to figure out the clue on how to stop those robots by the clue Riddler gave that no one else could figure out. I liked how Batman figured that out. It's always something about the uh, rivalry or weird relationship they have where Riddler just can't resist giving the information out on how to stop them, and Batman figures it out every time. So I like that it's starting here already. So overall, it's a good issue to the and start to the final act of Zero Year. Maybe not the best issue of the whole Zero Year uh, saga, so I'll go ahead and give it four out of five strange and bizarre deaths that Jim Gordon has that were created by Dane. What do you want to do next, Jim? Let's go with Batman and Wonder Woman, number 30. And this one, I would say I definitely like better than the Batman and Aquaman story, <laughs> since that one wasn't the greatest. But at the same time, too, which is leading up to the eventual showdown Batman and Rachel Ghoul are going to have, but yet there's things that keep getting in the way of that. <laughs> and it's like, I kind of get the feeling, okay, let's see that showdown already. But with the news we were talking about earlier with the, the Batman and Robin one-shot coming out later this year, I guess we're going to have to wait a bit longer. But the whole point of the story was that Rachel Ghoul is traveling to Paradise Island because there's a Lazarus pit. Like, the only Lazarus pit that's between both worlds, the normal world and then Paradise Island where the Amazons live. So it has that. And he wants to use it because 
not only will it bring Damien and Talia back, but it'll wipe their memories clean and they'll pretty much have a fresh start and he can pretty much poison their mind with whatever he wants to and have them not remember Bruce at all and just make him hate him. So that's his main goal. So Batman teams up with Wonder Woman to get there first and try to stop him. And I always like it when Batman and Wonder Woman team up together. Ever since Justice League, the animated series, they had uh, they kind of played it where they had a romantic relationship, or at least they were interested in each other, and they never fully like got together. But they don't play that up too much here, of course, because she's dating hey, Superman. <laughs> yeah. You, you haven't read the, the Batwoman and uh, Wonder Woman, have you? No. Uh, the the storyline? Oh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say that that's how you write a good team up. Okay, <laughs> how you how you write uh, strong female characters working well together. <laughs> gotcha. Was that like the last? Well, that was a few issues after that before the final. Hate yeah. One. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Tim. Sure. Put more salt on the wound. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I like their. Uh, interaction and I guess uh, rapport here in this issue too. Like they have some good banter against each other. Batman uh, st- kind of sticking up for himself against the Amazons who don't want to have a, a man on Paradise Island now it's against their laws and all that but <laughs> Batman was all pretty much ready to fight an Amazon before Wonder Woman stopped her from doing that so it's a pretty fun intro but then like I said they get to the Lazarus pit that Rachel Ghoul is trying to get to before them, but of course they make it there in time before he's able to put Damien and Talia's bodies in there. They have a fight with some man bats, but then there's this big monster that comes out. He just like he's been trapped in the darkness there, and he's put there by Zeus, and he's just taking out all the man bats and causing Wonder Woman and Batman trouble. And that causes Rach to escape with Damien and Talia's body. So it's kind of like. We started off with Raish and Damien, with Raish having Damien and Talia's body, Batman and Wonder Woman are still chasing him, and it kind of ends that way too, so like nothing really happened here. The, I mean, I guess Batman was able to confront Raish al Ghul for a bit, he was telling him his plan, how he, like I said, tries to resurrect them and have their minds wiped clean so he can pretty much recreate them the way he wants, but I just kind of felt we started and left at this, and ended on the same place here. Batman still has to go down and chase Raish al Ghul to find their bodies, so... It looks like that's going to be the theme for most of these Batman uh, slash team-up books with whoever's next, because until we get to that final issue where Robin does come back. And unfortunately, I'm not looking forward to the next one, because it says, next Frankenstein. And we all know how the last time that went. So, yeah, this one wasn't bad. It was it was fun, but nothing really that progressed the story further along, in my opinion, anyway. So I'm just going to give this one three out of five bizarre and strange way Jim Gordon's going to die in a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know what I was thinking? Like, so, so Raish is going to take Talia and Damien into a Lazarus pit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how, how is Damien's body not rotten already? I know. <laughs> we haven't gotten a good look at the bodies, at least since uh, Batman Incorporated was they buried them. But there's like a like a symbol on the coffin that makes it look like it's body, but I don't think it's his body because it's out in the open. But because I don't, unless it's a see-through coffin, I mean it might be. But like you see, it's still at his face and everything on the coffin. So I just don't know if that's like a design or something under, or if it's a see-through yeah. coffin and you can see him and maybe it's like preserving his body, like it's a special one that maybe Rache created. 
Oh, I see. Because I, I was just thinking, like, I mean, organs die pretty fast after you die. I mean, they they just deteriorate really fast after you die. So, I don't know. It, it's it's comics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, the reason I just gave is probably what it is. Whatever coffin there is is preserving their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they found some kind of technology that does that. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Do the last one, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for your grand introduction. <laughs> okay, um, let me get my script out. Because <laughs> this entire podcast is scripted, by the way. <laughs> sure, <laughs> we wrote down everything we said here. <laughs> Every single thing, you know, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park. All that stuff. Um, uh, okay, so uh, Batman Eternal number two, Tim. <laughs> Unfortunately, I only was able to read number two. I didn't get a chance to read number three yet, which is The Return of Stephanie Brown. So we'll recap that on the next episode. But for issue number two, again, it's pretty much setting the seeds for what's going to happen in the storyline. The last issue ended with Gordon being arrested because he caused a big train wreck. And I like how the issue started where it's – not the very first page, but like the second or third page, we see pretty much all the members of the Bat family reacting toward this news. We see Barbara, we see Jason, we see Harper Row, we see Tim, we even see uh, Batwoman, we see uh, Batwing. All of them just kind of reacting to the news of Gordon being responsible for this. So it was good that we saw that. And then I guess not everyone's probably going to be involved. Eventually they will be. I guess it's setting that up. But it looked like it only focused on a few characters that, had actual dialogue. A lot of them just say, I'm on my way, or, like, man, I can't believe that happened. But, oh, mainly Tim Drake and Barbara had the most dialogue there. So they'll probably be the first ones to be on the scene or help out with the situation. Probably my favorite part of the issue was Batman's conversation he had with Gordon while he's in jail, where Gordon's, like, doubting himself, like, yeah, I, I probably really did this. I don't know what I saw, but I saw that guy had a gun. But he actually did, and Batman's all, don't worry, you're being set up, I'll find this, I'll find out who's doing this. He's all like, you know what, maybe you forget sometimes that I'm just a normal human being, and I can make mistakes too. Like, I'm tired, I haven't slept in days, and I'm capable of making this mistake. And so, like, maybe you're putting too much faith with me, in me, and Batman's like, no, I pretty much don't want to hear that. He's like, that's not true, and deep down, you know it is too, so... Again, just going off that whole trust that they have with each other now, just great to see. And it was written well in that one scene. And then there was also some moments where it's introducing some characters. I really don't know who they are, and maybe I'm just missing it. There's, like, this one character who looks like who mind-wiped a police officer asking what he's doing there. Then there was that other fire villain from, like, old Batman comics, Dr. Phosphorus, or something. I think I pronounced his name wrong. Phosphorus? Yeah. <laughs> like, he was there again. So it's, I just hope it doesn't set up too many characters in the storyline where it becomes where there's issues about characters you don't really care about, and you're just waiting for the ones, for the characters that you do care about and that they're in the story that you're telling. Because that kind of happened with 52. You had the different sections of characters that I focused on. There were some you liked and some you didn't like. And then the issue ends with the reveal that uh, – well, first off, Catwoman comes into Batman trying to figure out what's going on in the Batcave. And while they're there, Batman figures out who's behind this whole thing and who looks like to be setting up Gordon. It ends up being Carmine Falcone. What I like about that is that it's harkening back to where, like, he wants to bring back the organized crime of Gotham and not with, get rid of the freaks, as he calls them. Because I know that was a big thing that I liked in Long Halloween, and 
it's probably not in continuity anymore, but I liked how the freaks were taking over. The supervillains were getting rid of mob bosses and organized crime, and they were bringing about a like, new villainy to Gotham. But I like the idea of Carmine Falcone wanting to bring back the old ways of crime, mob bosses and organized crime and stuff like that. So I do like that setup, and that's where the issue ends. So another solid issue, I'd probably go ahead and give it uh, three and a half out of five weird, strange ways that Jim Gordon will die. Hopefully not in Batman Eternal, but in Dean's continuity. <laughs> <laughs> well, my continuity, like, everybody died in weird ways, <laughs> possible ways. Yeah, we touched on Jim Gordon. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> Tim Drake was walking around Gotham City one day, and the Enterprise flew down, and, uh, he went aboard and, you know, he got launched into space somehow or something. <laughs> <laughs> you need more time to write that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a writer, Tim. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. This is my audition for writing for DC. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see the rejection letter that they sent you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they probably wouldn't even bother. Yeah, throw it right in the trash. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so uh, that's it, right, Tim? Unless that's there was anything else you wanted to say? I think we got it covered. Another All right, episode. so. Oh, you, you know what I've been meaning to ask you? Like, meaning, meaning, meaning to ask you, and I kept not forgetting. Let's say... Um, what was it, Tim? <laughs> How am I supposed to know? You have to ask me about it. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's say uh, Derek Jeter hits a double, right? Uh-huh. He he drops his bat. He's running to first base. And then on the way to second base, he runs into the second baseman. Uh-huh. And after he runs into the – oh, no, wait. Wait, wait, let me rephrase the question. <laughs> Let's say uh, Derek Jeter hits a grounder to, let's say, the uh, the first baseman, right? Okay. Hits a grounder to the first baseman, he Bill Buckner's it. Okay. Not, not, like, all the way into the foul territory, but just, like, I'll say, like, two feet from first base. Derek Jeter runs fast. He runs past second base, and he's going for uh, first base, and he's going for second. But on his way to second, he runs into the second baseman. And right as he he runs into the second baseman, or, oh, dang it. Are you even dying to ask me that? <laughs> yeah, I had it all planned in my head. I don't know how I'm forgetting it. Um, so, so let's say he runs into the second baseman, right? Mm. Uh, he runs into the second baseman, but the first baseman throws it to the shortstop who's covering second. Okay. Uh, but before the ball gets to the shortstop's glove on second base, Derek Jeter's arm uh, rips off his body. Oh, my God. <laughs> and lands. Ends directly on second base before the ball gets there. 
is he safe or is he out? Oh, man. All that just for that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might want to edit that, Tim. <laughs> He'd be safe. <laughs> they got to give him profit or they can't just call him out when his arm fell off. You think they give him a safe call at least. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he would be safe or if he would be out. <laughs> I, I mean, I want to say he'd be safe, but his physical body isn't. I mean, it's only his hand; it's not his entire body. But all you need is a piece of your body on the base. Yeah, it's no part of your body, so I'd call him safe. <laughs> that only would come from you. <laughs> that cool. All right. Well, anyway, enough of questions. Enough of random stuff. <laughs> Um, we just want to remind you to go to tweetaudio.com. You can um, find the banner on the top of the, the Batman Universe site. And, you know, when you're checking out which brand new headphones, if you need headphones, you can go there. When you're checking out which brand new headphones, earphones, earbuds, whatever you call them, uh, just enter the promo code TBUSAVES and you can save 33% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping. So just go over to tweetaudio.com. Uh, but with that, bye everybody. Just go to the BatmanUniverse.com at BatmanUniverse on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash TheBatmanUniverse, and uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. Tim, your Twitter handle is at TimG311. My Twitter handle is at DaneSaysBanana. I ha- I'm happy to report that I have 50 Twitter followers with uh, with only four tweets. <laughs> Congratulations, that's an accomplishment. I don't know how that happens, but I I like it. <laughs> um, uh, and you can check us out on iTunes and all the other Batman Universe podcasts. Uh, and Dustin's on all of them. He's Jedi Master. He's Jedi Grandmaster. He's a uh, He's a Sith Lord, also, <laughs> if he was from the dark side. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's on every podcast except for this one. I don't know why it could be, because we just we spent about ten minutes talking about Back to the Future and underwear and thongs. There or it could be... <laughs> <laughs> or it could be because we're too awesome for him. I think it's because we're too awesome for him, right? I like that, yeah. We're going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes, and we'd like that. We'd love that. So please, if you do that, just do that. Uh, and if you want to be like Alex, Alexander, uh, Jacob Gyllenhaal, or uh, Corbin Dallas Poole slash Bruce Willis, and you want to email us with your questions, you can email us at batfansofoutpants at gmail.com. Uh, so, with that, oh, wait, we have one more thing, Tim. You forgot the last thing. Yeah, you can follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash badfanspodcast. So, with that, finally, we're going to say bye, right, Tim? we got to say bye. we got to say goodbye. So, Sorry, sayonara, farewell, adios. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so goodbye, everybody. We love you. We love every, every every single one of you that listen to this podcast. If you don't listen to this podcast, we don't love you. <laughs> <laughs>
It's only when you become a listener that we love you. So we love you. We love you very much. Goodbye, everybody. Um, but what was I? <laughs> oh man, I'm tired. Man. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> but you did a good job making it. I'll give you a pause. <laughs> oh, so tired, but you know what? I, I'm kind of glad that we have Alex and uh, Corbin and uh, Jacob because I'd rather have quality over quantity. And, uh, you know, we can go on random tangents and, like, they, they, they don't see Right.